Like I said, everything is proceeding as planned. Oh? I didn't see you there. I am Vicky and this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Jim and Eric are going to spoil this week's books so if you haven't read them yet, get cracking. Actually, don't worry, most of what they say is wrong anyway so who cares? I know I don't. Enjoy? Welcome everyone. My name is Eric Shea. Believe it or not, I'm an ordained minister. So I guess that makes me best suited to be up here talking today. And hey, it might get a little weird in here, huh? <laughs> Alright, we're not here today to mourn the loss of the New 52, but celebrate its life. The New 52 came into our lives promising to revitalize and strengthen our heroes while rejuvenating our love of them and also welcoming new fans into its open embrace. Sadly, our time together was short, but I don't think that any of us will forget our time with it. And while it could sometimes be a mess, it always had its heart in the right place. Goodbye, New 52. You will be missed. Welcome back to someone's favorite podcast, Weird Out Loud, the official podcast of Weird Science DC Comics Blog. This is episode 23, and I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner, Eric. And let's get right to brass tacks, Jim. Right. Tell me about your laptop brass situation. Tags. Ooh, laptop. Usually I don't record on a laptop. I usually record on our desktop. But this week, uh, my wife fixed my laptop. And uh, usually that would be like a cause for celebration, but there was problems. Usually. Now, the, the issue with this laptop is that it was two years – it's two years from uh, around this time that it, the thing conked out on me. And it was one of those – I don't know if anybody out there has seen the movie Kingpin, which you hate. Oh, it's a terrible it, movie. It reminded me of Kingpin because in that movie, Woody Harrelson uh, was given a watch by his father. And in the movie, he kept like, I can't get this darn watch working. He just couldn't get it working. And basically, he hadn't wound the watch, Eric. <laughs> so that was the joke. He's a dummy. Well, I guess I was a dummy because about two years ago, around this time, I'm, I'm telling you, it's about to now. Uh, it was when the, our, our, our site just started. We had started going. I had my laptop. I'm doing. Well, we my... started July 16th. Well, I'm saying so. This I'm telling you, if we when we started July 16th, this computer may have gone down July 22nd because <laughs> um, when everything came back, what was on there, what I saw was everything from like the first couple reviews we did. But in the meantime, the laptop had gone down. Uh, my wife 
had always told me uh, even then that maybe the cord what I couldn't the cord was bad but it was also it was having issues well she ended up out of nowhere without telling me ordering a cord and it worked well I was at work and I got a message from her with a picture of my computer my laptop booting up and I looked at it and I thought huh interesting so i walked around i told you i was like oh yeah tanya got the uh, my old laptop to boot up and then i started thinking about stuff and i'm like oh no i wonder (laughs) i wonder what was on that that laptop when it went down and in my mind it two years ago i can't remember two hours ago there's a good chance that there's some stuff on that laptop that i don't want anybody seeing (laughs) especially my wife who would freak out and kill me so as the time was going, I was getting a little more and more nervous. Um, I just kept... say porn. It comes up like you have child pornography on Yeah, there. no, no. It was just standard porn probably. But they, again, it turns out that I was in the clear. But you never know. Two years ago, who knows what the heck was going on then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't anything I was going to get arrested for. This would have been... Uh, Siamese twin sets. Yeah, no, no. This would have been just standard issue. But again, the, I I didn't remember and in my mind, after this whole time, I'm trying to piece things together, and I'm thinking, well, you know what? There might have been a reason why I didn't want to get this fixed. Like, I'd be <laughs> embarrassed to, oh, yeah. to get, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, so this was early in the morning, and I said to you, I've, I've got to go home. And you're like, you got to go home? Yeah, and you're like, if, what, what are you talking about? We're working. I'm like, yeah, uh, it's either between me losing a couple hours of work or losing my, my balls, like that guy <laughs> last week, or my life, or my, my family, whatnot. So I did go home, uh, kind of tried to be a little nonchalant about it. I found I didn't, didn't find anything crazy. Uh, Let's I, give a little background here, but Tanya is a big, like, on the anti-porn front. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is, and uh, so am I, Eric. Yeah, now. So am I. But no, I, I didn't want to upset her either. That was Agreed. the thing. I yeah. didn't want to upset her. My wife gets very upset uh, easily, and I didn't want to have my wife threatened. <laughs> so I went home. I actually got her a uh, lunch, and it was actually a nice lunch, though. I got a um, club sandwich from Wawa, and it was not very good. So there, yeah, but it was chicken salad. You you actually yelled at me that I got a chicken salad. Who the hell salad. buys a chicken salad BLT? I don't know. I, was I mean, club sandwich, club not BLT. Sandwich. Yeah, club well, sandwich. I got to the the options because this was like on sale. I actually went and if anybody in the area of Pennsylvania or wherever Wawa is, they know that one of the big times of year is Hoagie Fest, Eric. Oh yeah, that, that's coming up. And I actually thought, man, I hope it's Hoagie Fest. I got there, it was not. Their special was a club sandwich. I thought I would give it a shot. I will never get another one of those again. I did not like it at all. Just don't get chicken salad. Yeah, they had some other options, but some of them had like avocado and, you know, crazy stuff. Who wants that? Crazy. Avocado. What are we living in freaking California, Eric? What am I, surfing? Hey, <laughs> yeah, But no, yeah, that, that was, yeah, right. <laughs> huh. You are a funny man. This podcast is off to a funny start with you making fun (laughs) of me with your jerk-off face. Whew! Guess what? And voice. Guess what, Eric? What's that, baby? This is the second time we've done this intro, isn't it? Yes, it is. I I actually like it better already. So do I. I wasn't going to allude to that, but fine. Well, we were having problems earlier. Me and you did uh, probably an hour intro, did all of this stuff all the way up to Dan's Geek News, and then decided we didn't like it because our connection was bad, which... As people listen, our connection is always bad, Eric. Agreed. Yeah. So we're going to get to it because 
Dan has a geek news segment on our podcast, correct? Correct. Correct. Oh, also, I want to mention before we go on like that, I am talking a little fast right now. You mentioned to me earlier you're going to slow it down a bit. You're going to slow down your pace. I would like to. Yeah, you said that when you listened to the podcast, when I actually forced you to listen to it, because I said, you know what, Eric? You listen to it, maybe you'll learn something. And what you <laughs> learned was you hate your voice. Yes. And that you are America's sweetheart. I've known that. I know. I know that you knew that. But you also uh, realized that I, I don't know, I was going to say a compliment that you would say to me, but I couldn't think of any because no. you're just a rotten jerk. Whew, yes. So what I was saying is Dan has a geek news segment. Dan likes to talk news. Unfortunately for a DC-only podcast, he doesn't talk a lot of DC news. So when I saw a couple things that popped up, uh, this week, uh, DC Newswise, I kind of took note because I thought, well, I'll wait till Dan sends the news and I'll see what he says, doesn't say, but I'm sure he's not going to say much about DC Comics. And there were two. Not at all. There were two things that came up this week that were actually, uh, well, actually a couple things. One thing that I'm going to start with is a personal thing that goes along with the podcast. Um, when we're doing the podcast, we put it out, uh, it goes up on iTunes, Stitcher, all your crazy things. All the good and, stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff where people can grab it and listen to it. And in the meantime, I sit like a, um, a crazy, I don't know, scientist. I don't know what you would call it, but I sit and look at the stats. A which, weird scientist. Which, yes. Ooh. Which, uh, <laughs> it drives my wife nuts. Uh, in fact, there's been many a time where we're out and about, like say, trick-or-treating. And she'll look over, and I'm checking the stats, which I checked two seconds ago. <laughs> that's more the site stats. But when the stats go up for the podcast, I check them out. I, I kind of mull over them to try to obsess. Figure, I, I do obsess with them, but I try to figure out trends, things like that. And uh, last week is what led us to try to do a shorter podcast because I told you the the closer we get to two hours, the the higher the download is. Uh, we get more people listening, and I said, I think people are scared off by long podcasts. Unfortunately, when we did last week's, tried to shorten it, we didn't shorten it that much, and it kind of threw us off our game. But in the meantime, I'm looking up these stats, and I see that episode 18 got a big push recently. Major play. And, and I thought, this is weird. Um, again, I understand that as you put more episodes up, you're going to get a lot of uh, people joining in and wanting to hear something maybe we, we're very bad or good i don't know 10 of uh, whichever way you, you would look at it of mentioning a lot of things that we've said before and saying oh we talked about this or we we have some running gags stuff like that and episode 18 had a really big push and I, i'm thinking what what the hell is up with episode 18 so i check it out and that was the episode where uh you went to comic-con in philadelphia the Wizard, Wizard World. Wizard World, Philadelphia. Good times. So I thought to myself, well, what's going on? So I search up that podcast name and a bunch of things. You know, all our ways we share it come up, some things. Uh, you know, and and in a um, – uh, it might be pretentious way, but in a, a thing uh, – occasionally I'll look up our web our podcast to see if anybody said anything like, man, I love these guys. Check them out, which it rarely happens. Uh, but this episode 18, what came up in the search results was the actual official Wizard World uh, page for the press. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I go to this page, and in fact, there are, it's all the 
press releases or, or stories that people released after Wizard World. Um, you know, mostly like a Philadelphia Inquirer with a story that's uh, Wizard World presents comics to the nation. It's stupid stuff like that. Uh, you know, not even that good a, a title. But <laughs> in there, in the middle, there's our podcast. And there it is. Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, Episode 18, uh, Comic-Con. Eric doesn't like uh, women and Jim picks his nose. I forget what the exact title is. But it's there, and I thought this is weird. So I got, I sent you a message, and a mysterious usually, message. Well, and when usually, yeah, I, I didn't want to just come out and tell you. I said, "Hey, go to this page and search weird sites." Which and, nothing came up. I yeah. it took me a half an hour to find what well, you. Well, really, all you had to do was go to the find part of the page and just type weird science, and it would. And go nothing right to came you. up. Yeah, I, I found it right away. That's what I did when I went there, and uh, unless you put weird science as one word, like a moron. Which you sent to me. Yeah, well, you're a moron. Yeah, so I I get this, and then you finally found it, and you, you seem like you were like, oh, man, that's cool. I'm no, it is it. cool. No, it isn't. It's not cool because they dissed us before this event and would not <laughs> give us passes, and yet they grab our podcast and put it up. But then I, I told you then, in the end, we win, Eric. Like like that we don't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> and because they'll win, but we're winning now because – that podcast really does not paint a, a pretty picture of that wizard world at all. And I thought your ramblings. Obviously, whoever told them to put that or they just said – but it, what's odd about it is nothing mentions Wizard World Philadelphia and anything we do. So somebody had to have listened to it and then decided to put it up. But basically, if people remember, we talked about your buddy Jay almost pissing his pants. Grown-ass man pissing uh, his pants on the train. On the train. And then when you got there, how sweaty you were and awkward with Ethan Van Skyra. Poor where, Ethan Van Where Scott. he basically, you said something like, uh, hey, Ethan, thanks a lot. We love you. Thanks for the quiet, you know, doing our five questions interview. And then he said he had some really odd remarks. My problem. It, my problem. Hey, my problem. And then you got all weirded out. And then we realized <laughs> Ethan Van Skyver is as awkward as me and you. But it's weird. That was on that that press thing. And now I'm keeping this in the in our back pocket. This is a feather in our cap, Eric. Because next year when we try to get past this, I'm going to write something. I think there is a part of the application where it's like other comments. And I'm going to tell those motherfuckers that you better let us. You used our podcast on your press release freaking page. <laughs> so – God damn it, you better give us passes, and I'm going to go for free and then still badmouth them because I didn't like that uh, Wizard World when I went a couple years ago. It's because you don't know how to have fun. Yeah, You know what their idea of fun at Wizard World is you go and you pay to get in, and then you pay more money. I what What's there? There's no – People are there, Jim. No, there's people. Yes, Yes, there's people people there. You can talk to them. There is no contingent from any of the comic uh, comic companies. So there's never an announcement. What you get is uh, what's his name who played Spike on Buffy. James Marsters. James Marsters. He, he's in every event of these and talks about his three stories about Buffy. Everybody laughs at that guy. And then you have a, an occasional panel. Uh, I don't even know what you'd have it about. But, it was yeah, good times, man. Yeah, Calm you, down. You had good times. What I did was I snuck my kids into the Batmobile and took an illegal picture <laughs> of them in there. And then I saw Stan Lee from a distance. And actually when I went, I told you I bumped into Bruce Campbell. 
And I'm so angry about that. And it, one of my idols thing, my entire life. The, the, and wasn't that my, the one I went to? I know. Well, and the funny thing is when I say I bumped into him, I'm not saying that I like saw him and yelled at him. I actually bumped into him. And he turned around and looked at me uh, and walked away. And um, I would have told that story for years. Yeah, well, that was I, you remember who I said was the nicest guy there? I think I mentioned it on the podcast. That Dean Kane. Yeah, Dean Kane. Nicest guy. That guy came out. I thought he was running for office. Oh, was, Scott Bakula was even there. I would yep, have loved he to was, see Scott yep, Bakula. He was there, uh, and I think Nathan Fillion was there. I, I believe so. I can't remember. And then there was the um, – how many captains are there in the Star Trek? Eighteen? Five. Five, I know. There was five captains, and then I actually saw it live where it, we were there on the Saturday, I believe. And you know, obviously it was going on on Sunday as well. But in the meantime, they had to put a banner over Shatner's picture because he had canceled all his Sunday stuff. So this thing comes down and said, uh, uh, William Shatner canceled Sunday all can, you know, thing. And, and, oh, yeah. Everybody started booing. And I think I made a comment to my wife even then was like, yeah, they had that banner printed before because <laughs> he always bails. Uh, speaking of which, did you see uh, Alan Iverson at the comic uh, at the Wizard World when you were there? No, he bailed as well. Yeah, he bailed. He, uh, that doesn't shock me. That he, who knows what he was doing? Uh, I'll, I wouldn't even make. I'm not going to make a practice joke either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of personal news. But there was actually a um, decent a story that broke this uh, week, and I saw where I saw it was on Bleeding Cool. But I, I heard uh, ramblings about this as well. That Dan DiDio came out and announced that there would be no September event this year for DC. And again, that I get. Uh, well, yeah, it, it seems like it's big enough news. It's not shocking. Uh, we said that to ourselves when they announced Convergence and when Convergence was coming up. I even said to you that it would be weird to have a September event after that. Um, normally, this Convergence event would have happened around September. They would have had September, October, whatever, just crammed it into September. But because they were moving, that was used as that kind of uh, deal. You know, because Dan DiDio was loading up the freaking U-Haul. Because Jim Lee was getting pizzas Johns. and beer. Yeah, he, yeah, we said Jim Lee was in charge of pizzas and beer. But what happened? He said, yes, there won't be a September event, which I'm glad. They, they're getting old. Uh, those three, I need a break. Those 3D covers have to end. I, I hope they don't do that anymore. I know that you like them more than I did. Yeah, um, like most things. Af- yeah, but after a couple times, it just it just got old. But he did tease that there will be a big October, big October, Eric. And what um, Bleeding Cool said in their their thing is like the guy who wrote the article or the news article said, "Oh man, maybe then we'll hear about Dark Universe and Mystic You." And I, I got I got angry because we actually broke the news. We you know, our shit. little blog. We're just a blogger. Sometimes I'm proud to be a blog when this sort of thing happens. Usually I'm I'm embarrassed by it. <laughs> but when we kind of trump the bigger sites, I, I laugh because we're the little guy. We're like the Ewoks, Eric. I like to say punk rock, but okay, Ewoks, I'll go yeah, with it. We're the Jawas. Heck, the Jawas are worse than the Ewoks, right? I'm not saying you liking them, but they're just – they're the worst. Dirty Jawas. Dirty Jawas. But, yeah, we broke the news uh, – during a five-question interview with Alyssa Quintney, she uh, kind of dropped the bomb that Mystic U will be coming out in October. She told us a couple of the a couple characters in it, the setting. I'm telling you, she she told us so much that I imagine she was just sitting at home waiting to tell anybody. It's like me when I, when you tell me a secret, 
I can't help it. The next person who goes by. <laughs> so I don't tell you anything it, anymore. It could be the UPS driver. He shows up. I'm like, hey, Eric's mom lives in a trailer park. And then he goes, ooh, and gets on Twitter and announces it to everyone. Hashtag Eric's mom, trailer park trash. It's funny. I got the UPS guy to start listening to the podcast. <laughs> know, He's going to start listening this week. You know, it was funny. Is he, he had listened to he listened to last week. So oh, that's he right. said he started. But he, he caught me off guard because you had told him this. <laughs> we get there, and he's like, yeah, yeah, who is it who does that with you? And you're like, him. I'm standing right there. And he's like, huh, you guys don't start talking. I, I was like, what do you want me to say? And I, you know what happened? I Evine thought, Live. Yeah, I thought I was on Evine Live again. I, I froze up. I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, hello, uh, check, check. I, I didn't have – I had nothing to say. Now I can't shut my goddamn mouth. Whew. But, yeah, I, I was all like, these – comics are good yeah yeah you did say you were like dc comics uh weird out loud huh <laughs> it'd be funny i'm like uh, yeah these comics are pretty good i like batman he's like you don't sound like yourself and then you like all. and then you do something I'm like eric god damn it i hate your guts he's like yeah that's you yeah that's you <laughs> i recognize you now and then he's like, where is this cardboard box factory you guys are always talking about this don't look <laughs> like no cardboard box factory Oh The well, that was that was the big news there. Uh, like I said, uh, no September event, thank God, and a big tease for the big October, which in fact will include Mystic U. But you know what else it might involve? What's that? A Poison Ivy solo book, Eric. Everybody wants it. Oh, friggin' Twitter was exploding today with people talking about Poison Ivy and how they want this book and how she's been mistreated as a character, all up in arms all day long. Mistreated, huh? I'm telling you, really, um, what are you going to do with a Poison Ivy book? What, what would she's be... she's going to do stuff with plants. Yeah, yeah. I get that it would be um, like an eco-friendly type of thing. You know what? It's kind of like Swamp Thing, Eric. I, I, these people yelling for a Poison Ivy book, yes, Poison Ivy's fine and dandy. I, I don't see her being able to hold her own book. Me I either. Don't, I mean, it's again, it's like the vocal minority that seems to be yelling about this because I, in my run of the mill day, I don't run into too many people yelling for a Poison Ivy book. Now, again, I run into a lot of people yelling at me for asking them <laughs> about if they like a Poison Ivy book. And nobody wants Who to are you? That. Yeah, like, what do you think about this Poison Ivy book? Listen, buddy, I told you, <laughs> get back to work, you son of a bitch. Ah, God, that that cardboard box factory does not run itself, Eric. You Seriously. need people running the the line, I guess, is what you would think it would be. But and uh, the same thing, Bleeding Cool. That was my big source this week, and that's a suggestion for Dan. Go to Bleeding Cool. You might be able. To hey, since it's it. October, do you think it'll be a horror themed event? Or maybe, sure. or maybe we'll get that that uh, deep. Dark like uh, event that we're supposed to get a while ago that well, never yeah, showed up. Yeah, um, the Enter All Ye Enter. Who? What was that called? I don't even remember. Oh my god, I forget. Remember, I laughed because uh, in the picture that they they had, uh, Aquaman was like reaching up from the murky like, yeah, water. All the I... dark characters were on a boat with Aquaman reaching up to them and nobody helping him. Yeah, I remember when that came. Oh my god, I wish I could remember what that was. I'd look it up on my laptop, but that's it was like, a long this, time ago. This thing is. Um is uh, running slow. I don't want to screw things up. But yeah, I, I think I made a joke because I put something out there and I said that it looked like Aquaman was going to steal like Swamp Thing's wallet or something because he had his hand reaching up. Oh my goodness, I can't re I can't believe I forgot what that was called. Uh, people can write in and yell at us. 
But yeah, remember that was going to happen and it was a big thing and then it disappeared. Uh, maybe that would be, but it's funny you say that because uh, Alison Quitney in that thing mentioned that, oh, in Mystic U, which is written with a K now, Eric, a K in like Mystic, uh, would be uh, hitting shelves in the appropriately witchy month of October. And uh, that, that sounds exciting. But yeah, I think that's going to be, uh, I think you're right. Actually, you made a kind of a joke. Were you joking about that? Because I Yeah, think, it was uh, actually. No, I, I actually think that they're going to have sort of like a dark month kind of every thing. couple of months we end up talking about this event that never happened that they were putting in the back of comics to prepare yeah, us for weird. and then That's disappeared yeah it just disappeared and um i don't know Whew. but yeah uh bleeding coal reported that they have some insiders in the dc comics uh that their uh, shipping department, maybe. I don't know where they get those <laughs> ideas. But somebody at DC told them that, yes, a Poison Ivy book is, is in the works. Um, and that they said maybe that will happen in October, too. And again, Some of the proofreaders during Convergence, that, that's yeah. what they were doing instead of yeah, their job. Exactly. Instead of those copyright guys, instead of actually reading uh, what they were supposed to, they were just talking about Poison Ivy in the back room <laughs> and shooting dice. I don't know what they were doing, but, man, they, they blew it. Uh, there should be people who were fired then. Um, but in the meantime, DC also announced this week that there is a power couple, Eric. This would be the um, Ben Affleck and J-Lo of the DC Universe. Are they still a couple? No, man. No. They're not? Damn it. Uh, they are the Michael Jackson and uh, what's her name? Lisa Marie Lisa Presley. Lisa Marie Presley. They're still married, correct? Michael Jackson's dead. He's just dead? Like, just like our daddy's. What the heck happened? Nobody told me that. You know what else <laughs> happened? Nobody told Superman that Batman's dead, by the way. We're going to talk about that later. You mean he's dead? He's dead. Now, next thing you're going to tell me is Philip Seymour Hoffman is no longer with us. Please don't tell me that. Or, you know, but then again, we always... Him, we him always and River have... Phoenix went to the Viper Club together. <laughs> we always have Dusty Rhodes, Eric. And, uh, oh, no. And Christopher, Lee. <laughs> Christopher Lee, he's around, right? Right? He'll be back. He's Dracula. <laughs> yes. He'll be back. Oh, my goodness. Jim Morrison. That guy's still putting out records, correct? You're reaching Jimmy now. Hendrix. Oh, uh, you're reaching. The lead singer from uh, any other band? <laughs> uh, you are done. Just get on with uh, it. Kurt Cobain. He's still out there, right? You forgot what you were talking about, I didn't know you? I was. I was thinking of... Uh, I actually was talking to my wife about the band, too, today, uh, who's... Uh, oh, my goodness. I can't remember who sang uh, No Rain in the 90s. Remember that tune? Blind Melon? Blind Melon, yes. That that lead singer's alive, correct? He's still Jesus touring. Christ. The guy from Sublime, is he still alive? Uh, uh, but yet, Melissa Joan Hart lives on air. Yes, she does, and, in all of our hearts. Yes, she does. God rest her soul. Uh, back to the power couple. You know what power couple I'm talking about? Not a clue. I was talking about Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Yes, Eric, they are a couple. Oh, I they know. They are indeed girlfriends. Was Anybody who's been reading Harley knows that. That is non-news. No, Eric. No. It was just announced. <laughs> it's now. It's not before. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. They announced this. I, I said... When they announced that um, Selena Kyle, Catwoman, was bisexual, I, oh, no. I heard a gasp come from <laughs> nobody because, I mean, I just look at the way she dresses, Eric. Well, that's fucked up. 
God, uh, I hope you get hate thing, mail for if that. If I say anything about her deserving anything now, I should get hate <laughs> mail. No, I'm saying, if anybody, I always thought she was. She always sounded, she always seemed like she was sexing it up with everyone. Uh, she's an equal oppor- opportunity sex sexual machine. Take a breath. I know. I, I need a drink. Uh, I'm, we're recording up in uh, the Weird Science headquarters that is the attic of my house, and I'm <laughs> telling you, I might as well be recording on the sun. It is so hot up here. You're supposed to say How that. hot is That's it? That's right. It's so hot that my sweat has sweat, Eric. Boom, boom. I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> do, you, do you realize, though? That's why I paused. I know exactly Take why you paused. I actually thought for a second he's actually making yes, me do I this. Am. And then you know what was the best? I had nothing to come with. I, I didn't know what to say, man. Oh, God rest Dusty Rhodes' soul, Eric. That guy was the American dream. And you know what? Little spoiler for you. Dan will not talk about DC Comics in his news, but yet he will mention Dusty Rhodes. And your love for him. And my love for Dusty Rhodes, because in a joke, he sent me what he was going to put in the news, and I said to him, man, I hope you mention that I love Dusty Rhodes. And I I think he even put something like, of course I will, like me and him have talked about Dusty Rhodes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, at length. But I always call Dan up. Yeah, He lives in Baltimore, correct? No, that is not true. (laughs) Why did I ever think he lived in Baltimore? You are wrong on every account. I know. And again, you know what's good is I am the worst person with that because I say the wrong thing with a lot of confidence. Uh, so, and in my mind, I think it's true. And the next thing you know, I wake up worried from a dream that Dan is stuck in those Baltimore riots. And, uh, somehow he is in the... Kidnapped by ISIS. Yes. He's in the back of a van in ISIS and he's heading off to the Suicide Squad book. Cancun. Uh, Cancun? Did you talk about Cancun? You know what, um, I usually do when I go to Cancun, Eric? Nothing. I read listener mail. Oh. Yes, I'm going to – I think you could utilize your time better there, but okay. I, I don't know. I, I like um, Cancun and listener mail. I told you I sent Dan some uh, emails or some questions for his own podcast, which is Betapod. It's called Betapod 2.0. Is that yes. what it is or does it change each episode? Cause Actually, I, I have no Because it, it confuses me. Um, but <laughs> he has that and he, he was asking me to send him some questions. So I sent him questions and one of them was – um, did you take your 3DS to Cancun when you went, and how the hell do you afford Cancun? And he took that as a – he's a straight he's a straight shooter, Dan. So he's a straight man in a team. Yes, like I said, you could ask him a question as a joke, and he will give you a straight-up answer that you didn't even know existed. But he said that he did not take his 3DS to Cancun. Um, I was uh, suggesting that he was such a nerd that he would – play the 3ds in cancun obviously then i told you i told you when i sent that though that um when i graduated high school the year after i graduated me and my uh, two buddies who happen to be brothers went to the bahamas and i told you the thing that i enjoyed the most in the bahamas was uh there was a different cable company in the bahamas (laughs) and they were playing a lot of shows that i hadn't seen in a while including the dukes of hazard at that time and again this was probably 1988 so people can figure out how much of an old fogey i am but yeah i was all excited in fact i remember jumping on the bed uh, in with joy that they had uh the dukes of hazard on and to uh, get Reggie laughing, I was also excited because at that point, at least at the Wendy's in Quakertown where we live, they had stopped serving the, the triple. Uh, at this point, they had no triple. I'm, I'm guessing this was a, uh, a franchise-wide move that people weren't eating it. People weren't uh, that, you know, 
shoving crap down their People throat. People weren't as gluttonous much. Yeah, in the I was going to say gluttonous. But, uh, so when we got to the Bahamas, uh, you know, the fancy eating you do on a vacation, we saw oh, Wendy's. Yeah. And also, you know, who needs that local food, Eric? I saw a Wendy's. We weren't right there. There was also the a Burger worst. King. So we went to the Wendy's, and we went in. I saw there was a triple, and I believe I had one every day on vacation but again this was when i was about it's almost like vince's story in the beginning of pulp fiction yeah well i was yeah i was uh 18 at that time and unfortunately for myself i thought i could continue eating anything i saw and never gain a pound uh that caught up to me years later uh they also had a thing then it was called goombay punch and it was some fruit punch and i got that all the time too and my last story about me in the Bahamas was when we got there, the people at the hotel informed us that you have to remember that everybody there is on island time. And I'm telling you that everybody on island time was taking advantage of this island time to be lazy and not uh, pay any attention to me and my orders at the fast food place. Because Again, I, this is a perfect opportunity for hate mail. No, I went to Burger King. I was in line. I wanted my Whopper or whatever I was going to get at that point, and these two ladies were just talking at the, at the register. And I, I'm guessing that if I would have spoken up and said, hey, ladies, you know, I want to order that. Hey, island time, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, island time meant you could go to work and not work and get paid. That's it. So are we on island, island time then? We are on island time, Eric. And, and I actually, there was one last thing. A guy came up to me. I had a Magic Johnson tank top, <laughs> uh, like a, a basketball jersey. Yes. Uh, at that point, I kind of liked basketball, but I liked this jersey. This guy came up the first I was there and basically threatened me that I was not leaving without giving him that shirt. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, he actually cornered me before I left, and I, uh, I gave him the shirt. <laughs> I didn't want to cause any problem. And he had a license plate on his car that said finger roll. Uh, I was assuming that he was a big basketball fan, but my buddy Jay went with me. One of the brothers said that, no, in fact, he thinks that he was a big uh, pot smoker. That's what he was. I still go with the basketball because he wanted the jersey. But this is all leading to listener mail, Eric. All right, let's her mail. Let's get to Ooh, it. The first two, they're going to be very angry, especially after I'm talking about Bahamas just now, because the first one's from <laughs> Bobo. Bobo. Bobo liked our new format last week. Eric, how long did that format last? Two and a half hours? Yeah, and one episode, because we're back to nonsense. Because Bobo says, great podcast, guys. I could finally download it and listen to it all in one day. You guys were on point. Maybe you we'll get there point. again one day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's not tonight, that's for sure. And especially, this is the second time round. But I like the I like the energy this time, Eric. The next uh, mail uh, kind of follows that whole uh, short podcast tip. This is Tomei. Tomei. Tomei says, just imagine my surprise when I went to download the podcast. Now, it wasn't a six-gig file. <laughs> six gigs, Eric. I don't even know what that means. I, you just stole my line because I was going to say, you know, that gig this you uh you often called uh when you went to do karaoke that you called that a gig didn't you yes yeah i think the way i did it yes i think that's bullshit it's not your gig it's a freaking karaoke you're you're hey me and my buddy mike bruno we did a set we did dance choreography everything like that it's his birthday today so happy birthday bruno it's still karaoke eric yeah but we didn't use the machine we just used the microphone oh yeah no machine you just danced it up did you sing a little uh milli vanilli like, baby, don't forget my number. You like that? 
Now the showstopper was Outcast Roses. Oh, Outcast Roses! Yeah, the showstopper. That was the the three people left, freaking ran screaming, their ears bleeding. You have no idea. Ben, hey, ben loves it. Ah, Tomei said, "I know he liked that dance." Tomei said, "I didn't have to delete half the porn on my phone to download it." Thanks. Kind of like Jim's laptop. <laughs> Thanks, Jim and Eric. He said, uh, "Yeah, uh, tell me a little sneak peek. Uh, you better." Get rid of that porn before my, <laughs> wife, my wife will find Tomei's phone, and, and I'll I'll st- I'll be the one in trouble still. Um, but yeah, this this might be a long one. This strap yourselves in, guys. It's gonna be a long one. All right, the that's next, what she said. Yeah, ooh, that's does anybody say that, that when you say that's what she said reminds me if I started the podcast with what's up? I immediately <laughs> felt dirty after I said yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's that's awful. You are banned. For at least a minute now from this podcast, because the next one's from Cock of Two. Cock of Two says, um, hey, Jim, thanks for the story of the guy getting his balls cut off. Was that real? And if it was, the guy should sue that bitch for billions. (laughs) After hearing about it, I had my girlfriend kiss my balls and tell me she was thankful I still had them. Um, I hope that the girlfriend listened and heard what the story was about, and this guy just didn't force his girlfriend to kiss his balls. Honestly, because yeah, because I'm a little them. scared now. She, she should really like get a pamphlet or talk to somebody. Yeah. Cause this seems like an abusive relationship. Yeah. Get over here. You kiss my balls. You kiss my thank- balls and be thankful I have them. <laughs> She's probably like, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I need an uh, adult. Yes, you, we do need I, – I'm telling you, just in personal uh, deal, I don't like anybody touching my balls, including myself. I try to avoid them. Uh, though I say that, I don't want to lose my balls, though. <laughs> and there, that seems like the worst. Now, if anybody didn't listen to last week, there was a story where a guy at the cardboard box factory we work at had uh, told us that his grandson had got kicked in the balls by an ex-girlfriend – they kind of hurt. They swelled up. I'm assuming like cantaloupes, and he elephantitis. Had to, yes, he had to go to the doctor. The doctor sent him to the hospital. He passed out. Bada bing, bada boom. He doesn't have balls. He just has a uh, stick down there. He has the twig, no berries. No and, berries. And um, he is screwed for life. And f- and basically, his grandfather laughs at him and says he should join the circus as a freak. Good times. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Off of the balls, off of the short podcast, we're now going to go to some hate for you, Eric, and your reviewing style. I like the way you review books. Thank you, baby. I say that because whatever book you review, Eric, I don't have to. (laughs) That's the only reason. I know that you rarely read my reviews. I rarely read yours. Uh, We trust each other, and we'll keep it at that. Um, I got too much to do in my life to, to <laughs> bog it down with your nonsense. And I've, if I'm going to read, if I'm going to read the book, I don't need you to tell me everything that happened in it. So there, take that, Eric. This is from the North Lord Three. Now this is on Tumblr, and again, we had mentioned all we mentioned all the time. I don't think I mentioned it tonight that if you send us mail, we will read every bit of it, whether you think that Eric is great. Stop encouraging you people. You think that Eric is America's sweetheart. You don't like Melissa Joan Hart. You, How dare you? Um, you think that my brother's uh, running around with a rubber penis was actually my mother's? <laughs> I don't was. know. You think that maybe my mother had killed my father? I'm I'm with you. 
And if you 50, do, 50. if you do write that, maybe me and you will get an investigation going, and maybe we'll find out the truth. Uh, because Eric, the truth is out there. Uh, but Northwind Three, <laughs> Northward Three, may or may not have sent this to us as a mail. It was more of a comment, but. Anything that's negative towards you is making the podcast in any sort of way. So I didn't respond to them. I figured Dick. I'm going to put it on the podcast. I don't know if North Lord 3 is listening, but here it goes. And North Lord 3 actually sent us two sentences. Now I'm going to have to take my breath because one of the sentences <laughs> is very, very long. Um, North, where North Lord 3 lives, obviously they, um, they don't believe in punctuation and um, especially periods. So here we go. Two sentences. First one says, sorry, completely disagree your Batman review. Period. Stop. I'm going to say it like it is a, um, it's. Um, like your mother sending a text. Like a text. But again, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm sending it with a, uh, what is Telegraph. It Telegraph. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering things tonight. So, sorry, completely disagree your Batman review. Stop. It was complete turd, Jim Gordon, as Batman is retarded. If the suit fails, he's done. If he goes up against a real Batman villain, he's done. I can't wait for this to end and Syndrome leaves so A can read a real Batman story. Again, not pile of shot. Now, there, there are some really good parts of that. I don't know. What, what, what the hell? Where's Syndrome and where is he leaving to? And every, I don't know. When I read that, that. I, I, I want to I think he would try to write Snyder. No. That's, and it's like an auto right. I can't wait for this to end in Snyder. You're right. I was thinking Syndrome from The Incredibles. Nice. <laughs> I was waiting for him to leave. Also, um, he must not like uh, foul language because instead of a pile of shit, he wrote a pile of shot. I think that sounds great. Um, he also spe- spelled Gordon wrong. Yes, he um, did. Somehow in my, auto, uh, my spell check, Turd does not come. They don't recognize that as a word. I'm looking at this, and uh, he does not disagree your Batman, re- or he does I, disagree I, your Batman review, Eric. I, I really don't know what this dude wants from me. I like the book. He didn't, and <laughs> uh, this is not going to make me think he's any better than me with his opinion. No, I don't no, know what he wants. I, I like that. I mean, here's Fuck the thing. this guy. Usually, what what if, if you're not on the internet, if if you were at uh, somewhere where you're just talking and a guy disagrees, you know, he'd just say, hey, I disagree with your review and whatnot. But, man, this guy, he doesn't like any bit of it. it, it kind of – this guy, I don't know. I, I don't like this new direction either. That doesn't mean I'm going to like – I'm just – I don't understand not He's reading. got – hey, look. He's got 75 years of Batman stories he can catch up on. He doesn't need to fucking t- mm, bitch about this. You're right. I guess then when Snyder or, – or as I like to call him, Syndrome. When <laughs> Syndrome leaves, he can read a real Batman story again. Now, I, um, I said it a couple – podcast uh, actually since we started and in your reviews and, and in all my reviews anybody, that, anybody will listen to you that i'm not a huge scott snyder fan myself uh i tend to think that he gets a little fancy and and you've said this to the point where scott snyder will retweet anybody talking about batman except mm-hmm. for us well you're doing batman now and i would hope that these guys who write again maybe I, scott snyder seems like a very nice guy I, I go to his twitter he's always hanging out uh doing stuff for people and posing for pictures but man i don't think he likes us um and I, he's on the list uh, and I, the list just keeps getting longer because uh <laughs> this week i'm pretty much confirming that greg pock does not like us he well he's another one everybody every review oh batman superman uh, now again i 
I did give it a bad review. You gave but, it a five out of ten. I but, believe. But um, I think that I gave a good review for Action Comics last week. I think I gave that like an eight or an eight five. That's good yes. enough to retweet. He didn't. But again, guess who else I think is on the the bandwagon to hate us? Who's that? Genevieve Valentine, the writer of Catwoman. And do you know uh, what have I been uh, pretty much on this new Catwoman? Have I been positive? Oh, have you've been, I been a booster, negative, baby. Or have I been over the top supportive? You've been a booster all yeah, the way. I'm over the top supportive of that book, but yet I gave the new one, I believe this week I gave it an 8 or an 8.5, and I, she did not retweet me, and neither did uh, the artist or anybody. And I think that it was called out. Again, we say this stuff, and it sounds like we think we're big shots. Yeah, with uh, the top hats and rickshaw uh, and cigars. Boy, I didn't say we were rich. I just said a big shot, but yeah, if you want to give me a rickshaw, then I'm in. Now that is, I mean, there is nothing that t- says to me success more than having your own rickshaw. Um, but yeah, I th- I think that they do not like us uh, as much as the North Lord Three doesn't like your review of Batman, Eric. I don't know why. Uh, I I know that we come across as hateful people on the podcast, and we like to point out things and yell and scream and dance around and. Uh, you know what? Right now, I'm going to do the dance move where you you ha- hold your foot and then swing your foot through it. Do they have a name for that? I'm sure they do, but I don't know it because neither of us dance. That is a go-to move, though. That is a pretty cool move. Anytime I've ever tried it, I land flat on my face, so I'm not actually going to try it. But uh, thank God. Instead, we're going to move to another thing that usually ends up uh, blowing up in my face, and that's Reggie's mail. Reggie the Reckless. Reggie the Reckless. I don't have the soundbite, Eric. Oh. <laughs> I'm on the laptop. God damn it. Uh, call me Reggie the Reckless. How's that? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Reggie starts off with me, but as usual, I always take a drink before him because these are long emails. Because you but need to. The other thing I mentioned to you, um, Reggie got to us a little late in the week, and I was really – I was getting scared because – if Reggie does not write to us, we have a lot missing from the podcast because <laughs> Reggie writes a lot of mail. But again, I podcast like Reggie's mail. Twenty minutes yeah, shorter. Would be. I like Reggie's mail, and I always like what he talks about. And usually, um, me and him are kindred spirits, Eric. Whether he I likes know. to admit it or not, uh, he may think that I'm a misery walking, but we have a lot of shared interests. And you know what the thing is, though, Reggie and I also have a lot of shared interests. So I think that Reggie makes up parts of both of us. So Reggie is like the Mecca Jim and Eric. He's like the amalgam. A, he is the amalgam. He's the amalgam Jim and Eric. I'd like to call him Jarek. Fair enough. I'll go with it. You like Jarek? Okay. So Reggie starts with me. Dear Jim, he's going to give us a little joke, Eric, because we all, <laughs> we all love jokes. Uh, Some Pulitzer Prize winning stuff right here. Like this one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doorbell repairman. Doorbell repairman who? No, that's the joke. I was the doorbell repairman coming. That is bullshit. You did not finish it. I fucking call shenanigans. Well, that's not what – that was my joke. Here goes uh, Reggie says, Dear Jim, let me tell you this joke I heard – I just heard. Two blabbering doofuses endeavored to shorten their usual trash-filled three-hour podcast but ended up yammering on practically as long as they normally do because they are idiots who can neither tell time nor shut their flapping mouths. Yeah, that sounds about right. Where's the punchline, Reggie? <laughs> when you go to eat a five-pound nuke burrito with extra jalapeno cockroach legs, do you nibble daintily at the corner and then save the rest for a later meal? Do you, Eric? That, no, but, you because shot. the burrito's called the bomb. 
Yeah, yeah. The bomb goes right in your mouth. That's right. And then you you suffer the day later when you're on the can <laughs> for like six hours. No, you likely shove the whole thing into your mouth until refried beans are streaming from your nostrils. And not solely because a microwave burrito turns into a fossilized state within ten minutes of being fished from the radioactive oven. It sounds because, like it sounds like one of the garbage pail kids. Yeah. It's because <laughs> if you were going to do something obnoxious and horrible, you needn't do it in halves. I, I agree. If you're already going to foist your terrible podcast on mankind, then you might as well talk about your dreary, dreary, mentally scarring lives for as long as you like because the damage is already done. Ten seconds is too long for your claptrap. Anyone listening past that mark deserves what they get. <laughs> and I agree. Um, again, uh, Reggie writes this up. It, it's, that's a common theme. But – I told you when we first started the site, we, we were getting a lot of, like, not accolades because nobody really cares about us, but no. um, we, were, we were getting some love. And I said to you, we have to start the podcast now. And you're like, well, why do we have to start the podcast? Now, I made up crazy ideas that it would send us to the stratosphere. But I also <laughs> told you because we have to let people know how miserable we really are so that they can start hating us. And, but uh, I'm not. Yeah, but it was a joke when I said it, and it's true. Yeah, it's, true it's true because you sit there and let me yap along and I dominate the podcast, Eric, and I turn it into the negativity that I love. I and, wait for a chance to jump in and I don't and I don't, I don't give it to you. And especially you say you're going to talk slower. Jesus I know, right? Christ. I think I've upped the, the speed. I sound like I've drank uh, fucking 10 gridlocks and uh, three five-hour energies. I did have a couple <laughs> uh, cups of coffee today. It's also late, and uh, we restarted, and when we restarted, I said, the hell with it. We're going to have some fun, Eric. This is fun. Damn right it's fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, and all in all, people don't like our podcast, then, uh, well, I want you to keep listening, but we like to, <laughs> we like yapping at each other. We try to make each other laugh. All right, he keeps going. I understand that you were somewhat of a gamer before Eric lured you into the less populated and therefore arguably less dickhead-infested world of comic books. Did you see the trailer for Fallout 4? Here, you can look at it, and he sends me the link, and I had seen it. I saw it before he sent it, but I watched it again. I watched it again today. You um, sent it to me, too. I did not look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am not as big a video game fan. At one point, I'm telling you, I wanted to have a podcast on video games and a site. The only thing that stopped me from even trying either was because it would take too much work. Uh, comic books you can read in five minutes and write a review. A game you have to play for so long, and I just I don't have the time to do it anymore, but I still try to keep up uh, uh, somewhat. And I don't know if you know this, Eric, but E3 is next week. And that I was like, I'm telling you, this was the most important time of the year for me. Um, was when E3 came, and I couldn't wait to see the you know the three major press conferences, see all this yeah. nonsense and stuff. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, in a little uh, rant about E3 and the state of video games, Eric. Uh, E3's lost a lot of hype for me because uh, even a couple years ago when I was still into video games, everything leaks. The internet's ruined so much, and everything leaks beforehand that Movies, the, actual, the actual press conference uh, to me is not hard-hitting anymore. I, I still watch the – like I said, the three major press conferences, but now they have like uh, – EA has their own. Everybody has their own little press conference. But before that even happens, they have these behind-the-scenes parties, and everything leaks, or they leak shit out. And so it, it kind of kind of upsets me. But yes, um, I, saw, I watched the trailer for Fallout 4. I am more of a fantasy fan than a post-apocalyptic fan, uh, which is the opposite of you. 
Yes, I don't really deal yeah. fantasy that much. And in fact, I mentioned to you, I, I used to be a big role-playing game fan. It was more of the Japanese role-playing games. And I'm telling you, like... Like tentacles and shit? No, no, like Final Fantasy VII, uh, even like ten. I, again, I I have a PlayStation Four and an Xbox One, uh, but my kids pretty much dominate the playing time on that. Uh, I was huge on the PlayStation Three. Uh, I kinda... I was huge on the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, yeah. See, I I, I, went home. I have a lot of crazy stories. Like uh, we had pre ordered. I always used to pre order every console the minute that they were announced. It was at E three or whatever, and I would run to the GameStop up the next day or when it was e ea run eb games i mean yeah run uh <laughs> and i'd pre-order the stuff and i'd get the bundles and the one big one was the playstation 2 when i pre-ordered that and when it came in um it came in i think i even talked about this on the podcast my wife decided to surprise me got the receipt and went to go and pick it up now at that point i had already paid for it it was already just you go and pick it up in the meantime if anybody was around and remembers that time there was a big shortage of the PlayStation 2, and people were uh, – they were rioting. And my wife walked in. Uh, my one son was, I think, one, and she went in with him, and people were chasing her out the store and yelling at her like, why does she get that? Now, in the meantime, <laughs> it's because I pre-ordered it because I was in the know. Uh, but, yeah, they chased her out, and they actually had to have a security guard take her to the car. Oh, that's fucking uh, crazy. Because of that. And in fact, she gets home and she goes, oh, it was so crazy and I can't believe it. And I told her, I told you not to do this. And um, I remember it was a Saturday for some reason. Either it came out then or I was working and couldn't get there and I worked on the Saturday. But she said, yeah, it was crazy. Some guy offered me $1,000. I'm like, what? let's go back and find him. <laughs> oh, God, let's get that guy. But yeah, uh, I I love role playing games. I will probably get Fallout Four. I'll probably never finish it. I never finished Fallout Three. I have all of the, you don't finish any games I, anymore. I, yeah, I really haven't. The last game I was talking to uh, my son Ethan about the last games I finished, and I remember I think Dishonored was actually the last game I fully finished, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I'm not talking like you with last game I finished was Shadows of the Empire on the Nintendo 64. Do do do. I'm a freaking kid. Last game I finished was uh, Arkham Origins. Yeah, yeah, you. I didn't. I did. I played Arkham Origins for two seconds, and I I thought it was too much of the same. Uh, though I and in fact Arkham Asylum I loved. I thought that game was was stellar. It uh, was. I played Arkham City, didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, again, it, it it started getting to be to be the same old thing. But yeah, I, I was looking at some E3 news and. Uh, I'm excited to see like um, Uncharted 4. I want to see. I'm hoping that at some point the um, Microsoft will uh, release a Gears of War collection. I think that would be pretty cool, almost in the lines of the Halo collection. And I'm talking too much video games, Eric. Yes, you are. I know that Square Enix said that they have a big announcement. And you know what? It, it, if they announce uh, that they're going to redo Final Fantasy VII, I'll, I'll fly to Japan and strangle them because it's about 10 years too late. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wanted it for so long, and now that it's irrelevant and nobody cares. I think All people right. will still jump on board. I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be as big as it would have been. I think that a lot of people have just given up and moving on, you know, like me. Uh, that yeah. game was like the be-all, end-all of games for me at one point. In fact, I bought a PlayStation just to play it. I actually owned Final Fantasy VII before I owned a PlayStation because I got it to go play at my buddy Jay's house uh, because he had a PlayStation. I did not, and then I went and bought one, and, and the rest is history, Eric. 
as they say 140 hours later training chocobos and doing crazy shit that i freaking <laughs> i used i used to actually take off uh, a day the day that any final fantasy game was released i would actually take off and sometimes that week that's, that's how dedication much I, I was crazy i that's what i liked and then i got married and had kids and my whole life went down the tubes Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that, Eric. Um, the next bit that Reggie goes on, I got on a tangent there. I don't know if you played the other titles in the series, but since Fallout 3, this has been the premier game for people who like to make guns out of wiffle wall bats and rubber bands then shoot, that shoot mutated creatures in their butt faces with them. Did I read butt that faces. right? That sounded weird. Uh, yeah, again, I, I'm, I liked Fallout 3. Uh, I played it. Um, and I played a little of New Vegas. I had all the DLC. But into, again, I think the post-apocalyptic uh, setting, that kind of gets me down a little. But I did even play uh, Fallout 1, 2, the point-and-click ones. I actually like them a lot. Um, I'm, I'm particularly excited for this installment in the series because it takes place in New England. It looks like the Boston area for the most part. Have you ever been to Boston? Have <laughs> you, Eric? No, I have not. No, I haven't. Uh, the, the glass delivery guy invited me to go to Boston for, uh, I don't know, a romantic weekend, I think, he it, wants to go to. It seemed like it. It was very I, odd. I don't know. He said something about going to Boston, seeing his bat, and uh, maybe <laughs> I could be the catcher, and he was the pitcher. I said, I don't play baseball anymore, and he kind of laughed. It's free I, bat day, I didn't Jim. No, He's like, oh, you be the catcher. The catcher, Eric. Oh, I got you. <laughs> In New York, the only sport fans... Uh, sports fans we consider more insane than New England's fans are Philadelphia's bullshit. So I'm wondering if you ever went to Boston, scrap with a Bruins fan, and if so, I want to know how badly he caved in your skull. Number one, nobody in Boston's caving in my skull, Eric. They'd probably break my ribs or something or kick me in the face. No, they out. might curb stop you. They might. I don't I don't think they could. I'm a pretty tough guy. I might be short, though. I could take a punch. You know, I'm <laughs> My wife punches me every three days, <laughs> and I'm still here. Um, yeah, they. Now I'm reading this again. We again. This is the second time we've done this, and he did mention insane. And and the first time we read this, I I kind of went on a rant that um, New York uh, New York people hate Boston fans more, and I still think that's true. But the insane part, he might be right. Uh, New yeah. England fans, I, I don't even consider New England fans insane. They might be passionate. Again. Uh, the people here, we're going to stay strong in this in the Pennsylvania area. I know a lot of people in Pennsylvania listen to the podcast. If you are from the Philadelphia area, stay strong. Because you know what, Eric? They're still bringing up stuff from freaking 20 years ago. I know every, oh, you guys threw snowballs at Santa. You know what? Number one, if everybody knows the story, the guy who came out in Santa was was terrible. He was an awful Santa. And number two, that people were more upset about uh, the Eagles' ownership and were just pissed off, and that's what led to that. It wasn't like, hey, there's Santa. Let's hit him with a snowball. Now, again, a lot of people would say that going into Philadelphia was the worst experience they ever had, whether you're a player or a fan of another team. And, yes, um, people in Philadelphia take a lot of pride in doing a lot of really bad things. And uh, Yeah, they're insane. Though. And one of the, one of the worst is um, when Michael Irvin from the Dallas Cowboys got hit, and he, nobody even knew that he could walk. He could have been paralyzed, and people cheered that he got hurt. Now, again, that's better. Correct. Correct. Does anybody yell about, like, the San Francisco Giants fans or the Dodgers fans or things like that? There's people who have been killed 
in there. And yes, there's been a couple of fatalities uh, around the Philadelphia area. I think there was one a, a little bit ago. But yes, there's other places that are just as bad, if not worse. But it's so fun to keep bringing up this throwing snowballs at Santa and all this bull crap. And yes, if you're out there and you're getting mad at me now, you can go look up your crazy things and say, well, what about this? Or what about this? Or, you know, you go and see the movie... Um, uh, what's it called, 42, and Jesus Christ, you don't ever want to go to Philadelphia again <laughs> because, yes, at, at that point back in the day, very racist city. Uh, you know what was more racist? Boston uh, at that point. Uh, but, yeah, I this. I don't know, of... man. I got to go with the insane factor still, though, because I remember I was sitting in a bar, I think it was 2006, during an Eagles-Saints game. Yeah. And this guy sitting next to me, giant Eagles fan, he's all decked out. He's got the whole thing that you hate, you know, all this, like, Eagles garb on at once. Yeah, yeah. He even has an eagle totem sitting on the bar. Oh, a totem. An eagle, huh? Yes, an eagle totem. That's ridiculous. And at one point, I went and touched it. And because of this, we almost got into a serious case of fisticuffs right there. And it took his girlfriend asking me nicely, please do not hurt him. He's drunk. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a big guy. Yeah. They don't know I'm a delicate flower. Yeah, but I, am yeah, a big I was going to say, if, if it came to the fisticuffs, they'd, they'd find out. Well, actually, out back then, I was a very angry person, and I wanted to fight yeah. Uh, again, Everyone though, um, I'll, I'll admit, uh, the Eagles are my favorite sports team. All the sports, I love them. My, um, I have five kids. Uh, finally, one of my kids enjoys football. <laughs> well, actually, the the youngest two do. But my um, my twelve year old Rafe loves the Eagles. We actually today we watched the uh, the famous Eagles uh, Redskins game from nineteen ninety Monday Night Football body bag game, Eric. When the Eagles just injured ten guys, including both of the both of their quarterbacks, and uh, Brian Mitchell had to come in. He was a rookie then, had to come in. The running back had to come in and play quarterback because uh, they had hurt people. But again, I don't like to go out anywhere and watch the games because, yes, I will admit that these people are jerks, and I avoid them. So I don't know. I avoid these guys uh, like the plague. So, yes, maybe I everything I said is null and void because they are <laughs> insane. I don't know why I'm going against myself. But, yeah, that's Reggie's Reggie's mail, Eric, and uh, to me. Now he goes, to on, you. he goes on to you. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. Oh. You're always America's sweetheart to Reggie. You didn't seem too bothered by them, but let me tell you, I am pretty fucking pissed off at these Nick Lachey Twix ads in current DC Comics. I have no problems with Twix. I'm not a big Twix fan, actually. It's Nick Lachey that bugs me. Poor Nick Lachey. Seriously. What the hell has this guy done in the last ten years except for divorcing Jessica Simpson that is worth noting? We are still mourning that I relationship. I, that I, hit us all hard. I, they're actually the power couple that I, I'm wishing <laughs> was back. Uh, yet, here he is, looking like a rejected drawing from a 1980s issue of Cracked Magazine, pursing his lips and hawking Twix like it's his dream role. Is that the Magnum? Yeah. He's doing or the Blue Steel? Uh, Blue Steel. It's, it's the peanut butter Twix uh, move, they call it now. It'd be funny. I wish that they did a parody of the Twix ad, almost like those Carl Jr.'s ads with the, the female hot chicks. Right. And he has, like, peanut butter and chocolate all over his face. He looks uh, it looks like he just, I don't know. I don't want to get into uh, shite. Toss salad. Yeah, gotcha. toss salad. Meanwhile, we got Eric Shea. Eric That's... Lee Shea. Right. America's Stop sweetheart. That. 
star of television in the convention circuit, already oh, seen right. on DC Comics and pretty much any form of candy or processed food. He's Hashtag got my number. Eric Shea, not Nick Lachey. Now, again, Reggie's, That's a campaign I can get behind. Reggie's making a joke, and it's funny because I'm telling you, if it was you with that ad, I, I would say they'd sell just as many Twix, except they might <laughs> say, you know what, that guy looks like he really does eat Twix, so I'll go with it. Nick Lachey and Twix. I, I don't know. I, I get the idea that you're at Twix. You're you're a CEO. Me and you right are Twix CEOs. Right Twix or left Twix? I am right Twix. We're the CEOs of Twix. We we show up each day in our rickshaws. We get on our big bow ties, light up the cigar, and I say to you, you know what? We need something that's going to cause a, a stir. And nowadays, if you ask me, a lot of the times it's everything has to go viral and it has to make a, a big splash on, say, Twitter, on your Twitters, your your. I don't YouTube's. know. YouTube's, your Facebooks, your MySpaces, your <laughs> your web crawlers, whatever you're doing, and GeoCities. So, and a lot of times these things happen. It's not. It's not like somebody's like, you know, who we need? We need that young guy that everybody likes. That Nick Lachey. Get me Nick Lachey on the line. No, they're like, let's find somebody who's like kind of a douchebag and nobody likes anymore and hasn't done anything, and then we'll throw them in these ads, and then everybody will have a big to-do about it, but it'll get us more, uh think, because I haven't heard... Hey, who was mentioning Twix, you know, six months ago? Sure, you go to the vending machine... George Costanza on a... Re yeah, how long ago was that? On a, re a rerun I was watching. Was he talking about Twix? 1997, I want to say. Did Jerry go, what are these candy yeah, bars? For the Twix episode of Seinfeld? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Jerry was buying a car from Putty. Don't you remember? Uh, Come on, get on the trolley. I don't, I don't really care anymore about Seinfeld. Again, it's like you asking me a, a quote from a season 15 of The Simpsons. I'd already bailed by then. <sighs> yes, I think Norm liked Twix on Cheers too, Eric. Isn't that right? Hello? I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> and I think that uh, they had a scene in the show Emergency that involved Twix. Uh, but again, I think maybe this was all their plan all along. Get people riled up. They see Nick Lachey. They make jokes about the uh, freaking chicken to the sea. <laughs> Poor Nick. Uh, then he says later, or uh, uh, he continues. I mean, Reggie's now going to give you a little advice on comic books. He says, I think, you, I think you should hang in there on Midnighter. If it's anything like Grayson, you'll be up to speed by issue number three, and you'll love the ride, Eric. I don't know if Midnighter will be as good as Grayson. I don't think it will, but I like it. But it has a lot of promise. I think you were right about Midnighter's sex scene being meant to show him as a passionate character. I don't even remember saying that. Yeah, you did, because I, I think I said, why the hell are they showing a sex scene? It makes it seem like it's over the top, and they just want to prove they can do it. And you said, no, he's showing he's passionate. And I said, you're so wrong. Now, <laughs> Reggie says you're right, and you know what? I trust Reggie. So both of you are wrong. I think you were uh, about him being a passionate character, but I think it is also to show that he isn't monogamous. And Eric, you know, in this day and age, that could be deadly. It's not the <laughs> 80s anymore, dude. Oh, I remember. I'm still scared of the 80s. Jesus Christ. I remember when that AIDS thing hit, I thought that you... That actually, when people make jokes like, oh, you can get AIDS by sitting on a toilet seat, everybody thinks that's so funny. And uh, yeah, At that point, you thought that that was the case. I think that they told me that. I think there was a teacher <laughs> who might have said, hey, watch it where you go to the bathroom, buddy. 
Whew, it was scary times. That's the decade that Jim didn't shit That's outside of his house. scary times. There's a lot of people. I, I'm the I could shit and uh, the worst porta potty. I don't care. He does. <laughs> he does his business. Then he's like, okay, here's a GPS tracker in your neck. See you later. You remember what you said? Why you thought that he put the GPS tracker? He's a jealous motherfucker. Yeah, in case he was stepping out, Eric. And then stepping out. Uh, stepping out. <sighs> and and he does this with the GPS and then hops out the window. I am really enjoying a lot of the stuff happening in the DCU, Y-O-U, thus far. Though, it's only been a week. I love to see DC and Marvel shake things up regularly and try new directions. And, it, and if it can piss off continuity-obsessed fanboys like yourself, then that's just the cherry on top. So take that, North Lord 3. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> there was a couple times this week that that continuity got a little screwy, and it actually upset me more than I thought it would, but we'll get to that in a little bit. He yes, continues, you and Jim should get back to recapping your weeks at the beginning of the show, which we did tonight, so he'll be happy. Yes, we did. Because it usually makes me feel more accomplished in comparison. I also <laughs> want to see some more Imaginex toy reviews, because I figure the longer you hang out in the toy aisle at Target, the more likely you're going to be arrested on suspicion of kid touching. That's harsh, dude. That That's is harsh. harsh. I, you know, think of the victim. Think of the victim, Look, and I mean the Imaginex company. I'm saying I'm not hurting anybody. I just want to play with some toys. Yeah, let every, me play with my every toys. Every time you get those toys, oh, is this for your son? No, they you look bitch. at they, they, <laughs> Why is it always a lady? I don't know. It's mm. either that or a big fucking goon. Yeah, really. But they look at that headband and laugh anyway. They think that they heard a story about you losing your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie ends with love, Reggie. Thank you, Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Now, Reggie's going to get real here. He's keeping it real in the field, oh, shit. Eric. He's, That's not a saying. Yes, it is. He's sending a mail to Dan. Dan, Ooh. Dan. Uh, unfortunately, when Dan gets mail, rarely positive, <laughs> Eric. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of Dan fans out there. That's what we call ourselves, Dan fans. And uh, a lot of people like his talk of the Google Watch, or Google Watch, Apple Watch. Boy, Dan's going to kill me. Uh, the Apple Watch, he talks about a lot of Apple uh, music stuff and Apple this, Apple that. Holy moly. But uh, usually when he gets mail, it's on the negative side. And uh, usually Dan gets positive feedback from Reggie. Reggie likes to I, – I get the feeling that Reggie likes to uh, say that Dan and Ryan are great because he thinks it's stabbing us even more. After he tells <laughs> us how awful we are, he goes on about them. Uh, but I know – uh, he was a Dan supporter. I don't. He's on the fence now, but he likes Ryan. I told him today. I like Ryan a lot as well. Uh, but this one's to Dan. Dear Dan, it's highly unlikely that you'll hear this, which is true, right? Yes, as but far you, as we know. But you need to stop phoning it in on Dan's Geek News. Two weeks ago, I was defending your segment. Now you're practically reading your grocery list as current events. And the rest of mine is messed up. Do you have the pull, you have that yes, there? Yes, I have it. You read it. Mine got all screwed up. You pull continue. yourself pull yourself together, buddy. A scan of the front pages of any comic book site will give you all the relevant news you need. I'm not just jumping on the anti Dan bandwagon yet, but don't force my jumping hand. You can do better than this. All right. Also, yeah. also. Oh yeah. No one gives a shit about your Apple Watch. Ooh. Love Reggie. <laughs> Apple Watch, Eric. That's a big part of his news. He loves that Apple Watch. Yeah, you know what? Just fucked his mother in front of him. Yeah. What? What? What did you just say? 
Might as well have just fucked his mother in oh, front of him. Jesus Christ, I didn't know what... I thought you were actually giving a command. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this? This podcast has turned dark. Uh, you know what happened is, as we, as I'm reading the news, I, I start to highlight stuff because I'm just, just just fucking around. And I ended up rearranging that whole uh, end of that email, <laughs> and it, it makes no sense now. And, in fact, I think that uh, I would love to say that that uh, Northland, Northlord 3, I could say the same thing, but that, that wasn't the case. No, no. He just He's crazy. illiterate. <laughs> he doesn't like your reviews, though. He knows enough to read And he can reviews. suck it. He knows enough to read that garbage you call a review. And know that it's not for him, Eric. Though he can't say, hey, you know what? You really had a nice review. I just don't like this book, and I disagree with your review. I wonder what he did because um, there's a bunch of other reviews that definitely gave better scores than yours for that Batman. Correct? Correct. He, he might, he might want to go and seek them out and shoot them or something. I don't know if he hates you that much. I just Well, he can spend his time not reading Batman and getting back online and saying how he wants a Poison Ivy book. You think he's a Poison Ivy fan, do you? Uh, he's a bitching about something, so he must be. So everybody who bitches about stuff is a Poison Ivy fan. Um, That's what I got from Twitter. Which I, I'm going to start a new segment. This is an impromptu segment. It's called, What the Hell's Going On on Our Website, Eric? That's the new segment. I want some bumper thing. What the hell's going on on our website? That That's an awful title. Um, That's terrible. But this week, some guy, it's yeah. a blast from the past, Eric. This guy <laughs> out of nowhere. Now, the, the funny thing about this is, is the way these comments, if somebody comments on the site, it, it, people people are not going to know that somebody commented on something, say, a week ago. Because nope. that it's lost in the shuffle, correct? Do you think anybody... Unless they check it out. You do know, you think unless any, they type it in and look for it. I, you would have to actually see the go to that post to see these comments. Now, some guy... Um, who likes to re remain anonymous, which is always trouble. I, I, if anybody out there has a site, a blog, whatever, uh, when people like to comment a lot as an anonymous uh, person, you know there's something going on and it's going to turn bad. And this yeah, guy, they're usually assholes. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they don't want to tell you their names, then there's there's something going on. And this guy has decided, and if anybody wants to see this crazy conversation, go back and look up in our archive, uh, look up Green Lantern Corps number 34, um, because this guy in a little on 33, but this this issue came out last August, and this guy yes. out of nowhere is very upset at you because you didn't point out that John Stewart is a rapist, and you said to him, I don't consider him a rapist, uh, what happened in that storyline was fatality. He thought uh, fatality was with him. It was the Durlins. Uh, they had him, been an imposter. The imposter. No, no, what he was talking. It? No, no, okay, no. What was he that's talking? what I thought he, initially okay. he was talking about. What he was talking about is that since fatality had a star sapphire ring on, oh, that made her love John yeah, Stewart. The fatality hated John Stewart, then put the star sapphire ring on, and because of the power of love, Eric, the power, the power of, of love, love. Uh, ended up falling in love with john but it wasn't her it was the ring so when john stewart made sweet passionate love like john stewart sweet does, sweet love um he was in fact raping her and the guy is so mad that you didn't call it out in the review and again um, i'm thinking of this tonight and when we had a little uh 
problem with our podcast and we were reconnecting and stuff. I went back and looked at things. And I'm thinking, man, that would have been a different reveal if you just, just went off about rape and stuff. Seriously. And again, uh, Van Jensen was the writer of Green Lantern Corps then. And I, I would hope in my heart of hearts that uh, Van Jensen was not talking about rape. He didn't consider that rape. He didn't even think about it like that. And this guy no, has just got some issues. No. And this guy, he keeps going. He, he's not satisfied. I even said, okay. John Stewart's a rapist, whatever. And uh, he's like, now he's like, you don't know the facts. You don't want to put two and two together. That's why you're an awful reviewer. And of course, he's saying it to you, so I'm laughing. Yes, and obviously. I love it. But uh, you can tell that I don't agree with him because I haven't egged him on like I usually do. Uh, in the meantime, the guy who keeps yelling at me about Lobo, he keeps going on. So what the hell, the new segment, what the hell is going on on the site, has two people. And again, that guy is somewhat anonymous. He goes by unknown. 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 But yeah, people are upset about the new Lobo, which is old news, and John Stewart from issue uh, 34 of Green Lantern Corps, which is well, well over old news. That is, that's older than you. He are. just bought the trade. Yes, he, he may have. I don't know how he ended up at that review. I don't. I, I just. I sometimes it, it puzzles me what people get stuck in their crawl. All of a sudden, that's his big thing. He's trying to drum up some interest, I guess. He's all mad, yet people are mad about Nick Lachey doing Twix ads, so they don't care about Jon Stewart being a rapist. And you know what's weird, too? When he first started this this comments, it was almost like, I don't know why. No, nobody pointed this out. What's going on? I can't believe it. Now, all of a sudden, he's claiming everybody but you pointed it out. What happened in this time? Why isn't no he yelling at the Blog of Oa? Blog of Oa, who I consider, uh, you know, they are a Green Lantern expert, correct? Yeah, correct. Uh, they didn't mention anything, so why isn't he yelling at them? Maybe he is. He's all over the internet yelling about this goddamn Jon Stewart being a racist. And probably Poison Ivy. Yeah, and uh, he's also met the Catwoman's bisexual, I heard. Am I correct there? Is that that Batwoman getting married. And uh, what else do people are, uh, complain about on the internet? Everything. I don't know, man. Everything. Everything. <laughs> sweatshops. That's what I'm saying. What do you want? It's the internet. Yeah, I, I know. They they don't like sweatshops, but you know what I like? Cheap shoes, Eric. You Cheap know what I like? shoes. I know what you like. I know you're going to force me into saying that you like Dan's Geek News, aren't you? That's right. You son of a bitch. <sighs> Take it away, Dan. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Marvel's Daredevil is moving forward with Season 2. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch the show yet, but I'm very excited about this news. Uh, After rumors regarding Jason Statham were announced, uh, he was possibly going to be playing the role of Bullseye. uh, But unfortunately, after that news broke, uh, somebody came out and said one of the sides stopped negotiating. Uh, I didn't think we were going to get any good Daredevil announcements for a while. Turns out Marvel had something else up their sleeve. John Bernthal, who I first noticed personally on The Walking Dead as Shane in Season 1 and uh, Season 2, has been announced for the Season 2 cast, playing none other than Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. Uh, I think Bernthal is definitely suited for this role. He's been in a lot of films. We've gotten to see him play a lot of different uh, characters. He played, of course, Shane on The Walking Walking Dead. Uh, He played Shane. Shane was a douchebag. Uh, he was in Grudge Match, where he played, I believe it was De Niro's son, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, he, he, he's gotten around a little bit. 
uh, of the casting, Jeff Loeb, Marvel's head of television, said, quote, John Bernthal brings an unmatched intensity to every role he takes on with a potent blend of power, motivation, and vulnerability that will connect with audiences. Castle's appearance will bring dramatic changes to the world of Matt Murdock, and nothing will be the same, end quote. Uh, they actually released a teaser image for Season 2 of Daredevil that has the Daredevil logo sprayed with bullets. If you really want to hear me freak out about this, uh, be sure to check out my podcast, Betapod. I go on like a 35-second rant where I talk about how bad I am jizzing from this news. Uh, in retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have been drinking when I recorded Betapod. Marvel's upcoming series, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, has had a slight change of title. The placeholder page on Netflix confirms that Marvel dropped the a.k.a. from the title. It will now be called Marvel's Jessica Jones. The series stars Kristen Ritter as the titular character, with David Tennant, best known for his work on Doctor Who. Tenth Doctor. Playing Kilgrave the Purple Man. Uh, interestingly enough, Disney XD is airing Doctor Who episodes from... Tenth Doctor. Uh, probably to get people familiar with David Tennant. For those who don't know him, he, of course, has been in quite a few things himself. He's been in Broadchurch. Uh, he was in some of the Harry Potter films. He played Barty Crouch. Uh, you know, David Tennant, he's another one who's gotten around. Kristen Ritter, she was, of course, on Breaking Bad as uh, Jesse's love interest, whose name escapes me. She died of the overdose. Spoiler alert. Uh, but no, Marvel's Jessica Jones is one of the top 15 things that I'm excited for in 2015 per a blog post over on 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. On Monday, June 8th, Apple held their annual WWDC keynote and announced a few new things coming this fall. They announced that Apple Music, their Spotify competitor, goes live on June 30th alongside the release of iOS 8.4. They announced iOS 9 is coming out this fall. They announced that OS 10 El Capitan is coming out this fall. Uh, they announced that this fall the iPad is getting multitasking. That's awesome. Um, I, my last episode of Betapod, I did freak out about the John Bernthal thing, but the main focus of it was... WWDC keynote overview. Um, that's really where I'm going to direct you to hear me go on about everything and anything related to Apple. Uh, that's where I just I freak out about all this stuff because I am a huge Apple fanboy. Moving on, uh, some sad news in the world. Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee, uh, the world-famous actor, uh, he's played Dracula seven times in Hammer Horror films, he was Count Dooku in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, he was uh, Saruman in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogy. He's done a lot of B-movies. He played Rasputin at one point. Uh, passed away at the age of 93. This hit me right here, right, right next to my heart. Uh, because I'm a big fan of Christopher Lee. I really enjoy his work. He had a commanding presence and a deep, booming voice. And he was tall. Even in his old age, he was tall. But what I loved most about Christopher Lee was that he was metal as fuck. Seriously, 93 years old. When it, for, to celebrate his 91st birthday, I believe it was 90th or 91st, he released a fucking metal album. Now, it was called Charlemagne. It's very interesting. But still, 90 years old, releasing metal albums, that is fucking awesome. He also did two Christmas albums where he did um, some Christmas songs in metal form. They were more uh, EP than true albums, but still. Uh, de death was a big theme this week. Ron Moody also passed away. He died at age 91. Ron Moody, for those of you who don't know, um, was in Mel Brooks's The Twelve Chairs. And he was also in Oliver. 
1968 musical uh, adaptation of Oliver Twist, uh, where he played Fagin. I apologize in advance. I'm going to now serenade all of you guys with a little bit of one of my favorite songs that Ron Moody sang in that song. Um, so, yeah, you might want to just hit the skip 15 second ahead button a few times. Uh, so, anyway, he sang the song, uh, You've Got to Pick a Pocket or Two. For those of you who don't know, it was the one that went, In this life, one thing counts. In the bank, large amounts. I'm afraid these don't grow on trees. You've got to pick a pocket or two. You've got to pick a pocket or two. You've got to pick a pocket or two. Guy. Who is he? So yeah, that's uh, Ron Moody. Dusty Rhodes. Last death for the week, I promise. Dusty Rhodes, the professional wrestler, the American dream, also died. I believe he was 69 years old. I forgot to jot that one down. Um, interestingly enough, I found out through this that our own Jim, uh, who hosts the other half of the podcast, the half with Eric, the half that I'm not usually on, uh, is actually a huge fan of Dusty Rhodes. So this news hit him uh, particularly hard. I myself uh, am a professional wrestling fan, and I can respect the greatness that Dusty Rhodes was. He, of course, has two sons who are both uh, wrestlers. Uh, one of them wrestles under the name of Gold Dust. His real name is Virgil Runnels. And the other one is Cody Rhodes, who wrestles under the name Stardust currently. And last but not least, there's been some news in regards to the upcoming all female remake of Ghostbusters starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. And that is that the secretary has been cast. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, is playing the all-female Ghostbusters secretary. I don't know how I feel about this. I understand they're going for the role reversal thing, but they really need to cast Thor as the secretary. I'm, uh, I'm a little uneasy about this whole remaking uh, Ghostbusters thing as is and doing the all-female version. It's just, uh, I'm a little nervous about this. But I guess if you're going to cast the guy as the secretary, you can't go wrong with Chris Hemsworth. That does it for the Geek News this week. As always, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. My blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. Of course, my podcast, The Beta Pod. Send any feedback on anything you want me to talk about on Betapod uh, to me on Twitter. Like I said, at danstransky, use the hashtag Betapod. Now I'm going to send this one back over to Jim and Eric. And the last thing I'm going to say is don't forget, you can always check out my digital DC and Vertigo reviews right here on Weird Science. And Eric, that was Dan's Geek News. Geek News! Geek News. It's weird. Uh, that Geek News lasted eight minutes. It, it <laughs> felt like 12 hours, Eric. It did feel it like 12 like hours. 12 hours went by since that Geek News started. I'm lifting the veil, Eric. Like you had time to sleep, watch a horror movie called Late Phases, wake oh, up late, I get a shower. I woke up, I went to Walmart, had some, uh, actually tried to find some eggs. Eggs are at a, a premium right now. Were you aware of this? No, I don't eat yeah, eggs. There is a shortage on eggs, uh, something to do with some sort of uh, bird flu, avian flu, or some, I don't know. But uh, you know else some places don't even have them. What's that? Shit at 7-Eleven. My 7-Eleven is closing, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Reggie Tuesday is the last day. So it's officially Tuesday, huh? Yes. No more uh, the bomb burritos? Gone. No. Yeah, I'd uh, say I got a burrito bites. this morning. Yeah, you, no more burger bites. this morning. I got a burrito, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What got time? it sitting right next to me. 
Um, I don't know, 12? Did you finish it yet? No, nah, I'm sitting here half. It's going to become a fossil like Reggie likes. Yeah, the fossil like remains. <laughs> now, it's the best, too. you got to think. This will probably piss him off even more. But I'm one of those people that I, I want things right away. I don't want, need to, I don't need to have them good. I just want them quick. So I put the burrito in the microwave for a minute. So that's when you get the when you get it out. You have half of it cold and half of it hot, and you, you just like eat it that. anyway. I, no, I don't like it. I, I just don't go eat for it, it anyway. I actually cook it somewhat full. I'm not a big uh, microwave burrito fan. I'll tell you. Now you, you, twelve hours we've taken to, to start up again, and you just opened up the soda pop. Uh huh. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, this is the books part of the podcast, Eric. And I know I mentioned it before that the listener mail was the meat of the podcast. I'd say this is the meat and the cheese. Honestly, I don't even remember if that was the first one that we edited. I don't or we... <laughs> we've, we've done this podcast like 15 times now. Hey, yeah, yeah. And it's it's now, uh, what, 1 o'clock? Almost one thirty in the afternoon now. And I have to, what appears to be every Hell's Angel has decided to go by my house. Here goes another one. They just keep going by. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing, Eric. Uh, but yeah. They're sending me off is what they're yeah, doing. Well, it was a big, uh, big week for books, correct? Correct, uh, the, baby. I would say that after this Convergence event, the big book everybody has been waiting for is Batman number 41, which you're going to do in a second. Yep. Um, the, did it meet your expectations, you think, this whole week, not just Batman itself? Uh, what did you think of this week in general before we start? I like this week. Yeah. I liked last week. I'm pretty much – I am all on board with all the DCU stuff, even though I want to bitch about the YOU because it's kind of like sci-fi becoming Siffy. Yeah, Siffy, huh? That's what I call it now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I had a pretty good week. Uh, the funny thing is the first two books were my least favorite books, I think, <laughs> of the week. And they were the big ones. Uh, but, yeah, why don't we just get right into it? Uh, let's get to the books. The books. Books, books, books. Batman number 41, written by Scott Snyder and art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, and FCD Plasencia. I'll go with it. Jim Gordon is Batman. In this thrilling tale, we see our new Batman go up against a psychically projected energy monster. Because that's normal, right? Yeah. And during this fight, we jump back with intercut flashbacks showing us what led Jim Gordon to let go of his trepidations and take on the mantle of the bat. So obviously this issue was just simply catch up So for the new status quo of the armored knight and throw a hell of a lot of... Oh, I'm sorry. And a big cliffhanger to let us know that Bruce Wayne may still be alive. Yep, that's what it was. Uh, it was weird. I was expecting a little more from this issue. Kind of. Um, yeah, but do you... You really liked it, though, didn't you? I did. I um, I don't want to give my score yet. I'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, in general, uh, this was your first uh, Batman on the site that you this got is, the yep, review. my first Batman. I gave it up. You're doing it now. And uh, you seem to be into it. So it was good that you got it because I was getting, I was kind of getting tired of Batman. Well, I'm saying getting tired of Batman before, but I don't know if this is just something I was getting needy for something new, but I really like this new take on Batman. Mm -hmm. You know what Reggie said in the mail, how he's happy that DC and Marvel are like, like switching shit up, you know, keeping yeah. shit fresh. And that is what this is doing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But the problem I have is that we have this wraparound story of Jim Gordon fighting the psychic, you know, projected monster, energy monster thing. Uh -huh. The most interesting part of the book are the flashbacks, and I wish yeah. we could have taken that energy monster um, shit out and just had the whole flashback, the whole book be that. Yeah, here, um, just reading it, even in my notes, I wrote that this whole background story, like the, the backbone story, whatever you'd call it, side story, whatever, of this uh, energy monster, was it was awful. Yeah. It, it was so forgettable. Um, yeah, it was just lame. 
Uh, well, the only all. things it did for us for the energy monster bit was show us the badass bat blimp, which that's what I'm calling it. I don't know if there's an actual name going to be the, presented. Yeah, that's for actually it. officially the badass bat blimp. The saying. badass bat blimp. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That and seeing um, that Jim Gordon actually wears a sleeker bat suit underneath the armor. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That it was, is really that cool. Was really cool. Now, um, there's a thing that's going to come up a little later, actually, in one of my flash reviews of Detective Comics. The whole thing with Bullock, I really liked in this, where they're arguing, kind of talking about it. There's little jokes, but it really doesn't jive with Detective Comics later. Not at all, and I hate and, that. Uh, again, though, this is that continuity, you know, put aside for story. I don't know. This it shouldn't what, be. Well, this isn't what I thought that meant. I didn't think it meant, like, within an issue that week. I thought you were going to get, like, hey, um, if we want to have Superman show up in a Green Lantern book for some crazy way, but in the meantime, he's doing a... a cra- but in books of the same family, it, it seems off. It really Agreed. seemed off to me. It threw me off. Um, you know what else threw me off in this issue? And I'll tell you, uh, not reviewing it and being able to kind of look from the outside. Right. Not that impressed with Greg Capullo's art this week. I, I'm really not, and I, I realize I'm starting to get a little um, tired of it. Uh-huh. And uh, the main thing is, number one, you mentioned at work to me uh, earlier this week, and I agree. Uh, Maggie Sawyer looks like a dude. Yeah, I'm saying that my dislikes of the book, that's the only real dislike. Yeah, is that your dislike? Well, I have another part continuing that, is that almost everybody in this book tends to look like they're related. Because of that cherub, would you call it yeah, that? The yeah, cherub would. style. In fact, the actual villain who's controlling the psychic monster, yeah. I'm telling you, if you go back and look, unless you remember, looks like Bruce Wayne with a bunch of tattoos. He really looks like this book's Bruce Wayne. So, with so just a lot of a lot of scars and tattoos. When I went back and read it again, I was like, it's really weird. That so it's like he, the counterpart of the Joker from the Suicide Squad yeah, movie. It was, yeah, it was very odd. That, like, I, I wouldn't even be surprised. It would make no sense. But if they said, hey, that was uh, that was Bruce Wayne there, it makes no sense. But I'm yeah. telling you, when he's there, he takes off that mask type thing that he has on. It was yeah, almost yeah. like a visor. And, yeah. and it looks exactly like Bruce. And it, it was just very odd to me. That's a problem for me with a lot of comics is that Bruce Wayne is kind of a generic looking character. Yeah, like, yeah. honestly, for you could have somebody draw Superman and without that little spit curl in the front, you put a Bruce Wayne next to him, you wouldn't know the difference for a yeah. lot of like a lot of artists would uh, do. Even even Gordon with the you know the buff Gordon, which I yeah. still I want to get that program. He's he's on the Insanity Times Seven. Seriously, um, even him with that kind of you know faux. It's not a faux hawk. It's a mohawk. He uh, looks a little high like and Justin, tight, baby. Yeah, high it and looks, tight. Well, it looks like an older version of Bruce during Zero Year. Agreed. It just is so weird the way they go. And, and again, I, I laugh too because when you see at the end, you see that the big reveal or the big cliffhanger is a guy thinks he recognizes Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah. You don't see the face. But I, it's funny because I, I'm like, oh man, that shit's going to go down. But again, this guy who sees him has no idea. Has it ever been announced that Bruce Wayne is dead? As far as I know, not. Just Batman. Yeah. So it's like, it might be just a throwaway that this guy's like, hey man, we went to school together and, and then that... nothing goes on for months. I don't know. know because it could be just like you know you're, you're jogging through the park and you happen to see jason statham sitting on a park bench hey jason statham yeah and then you just go on that's what i'm saying it may not no even no be... i'd bother him yeah no. i'd geek out on him hardcore yeah, this isn't jason statham it's i'm saying but bruce wayne is a celebrity of gotham yeah he is uh, again like i said you're almost making uh or thinking that they're gonna say stuff like uh oh my god like the new he runs to tmz and announces it i don't <laughs> think that it would go as far as that but uh i'm looking at some other things i thought that when they were going through the different colors of the suits i like that robin motif 
of the bats, the the robot Batman. As that well. was the bat of uh oh geez, it was a Grant Morrison story. The bat okay. of Zarel. Oh god, I can't. I'm gonna sound like an idiot now because yeah, I can't well, think of it. But I said it looks like Robin, so I'll sound more just, like an idiot. I'm saying it's a subconscious thought that the, the real Batman inside Bruce Wayne's mind can come out if Bruce's mind okay. is ever altered. Yeah, I actually I really like that. It's from um, a Grant Morrison story, so it's all fucked up. Um, the the other thing that I didn't like, do you remember the part when they're on the rooftop? Jim and Bullock are, are arguing. Mm-hmm. Not arguing. They're they're discussing things, yeah. and, you know, talking like friends. And uh, that recruit comes up, who I yep. believe his name was Williams. And he's like, yeah, and you're supposed to see that that's like that plants the seed in, in Gordon's mind. Like, hey, these people have families and stuff. That's if a turning I, point. If I get them in there. But do you remember what the guy said? Because this guy might be one of the most awful fathers I've ever yes. heard on a newborn. <laughs> They're like, hey, uh, what's that picture? He's cute. Oh, it's my son. And then he says, and it's a newborn. He's like 11, so months, 11 old. months old. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, yeah, won't sleep for crap, but, but hey, he's blood. he's blood. I'm like, what the heck? If, if that was like somebody adopted, he'd kill him or something? I'm saying, if it was his sister's, like, uh, sister's baby, that's what I'm saying. strangled him to sleep. Yeah, he, he would kill him. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. The other thing you that know I what? Found... You, that's maybe a thing that really was the turning point. It's not that these men have families, it's that they're psychopaths. Maybe, like, maybe that's what it is. He's like, yeah, he's like, who? Man, that guy would have killed his kid if, if he wasn't blood. He finds out that, you know, you are not the father. That kid's dead. He's done. They better not go on Don't Mari. go on Mari. <laughs> no. Uh, the other thing that I thought, now, again, I, I get the idea, and this happens all week with us when I talk to you. My goal in life is to always convince you otherwise. Like, if you think something's great, I always try to convince yeah. you it isn't. Um, the other thing that I didn't like, did you like Julia Perry? in this in this issue yes i did i did not because it is so hokey that they're like yeah we have julia perry like winking yes because we thought it'd be good if we had some people she in was, here that weren't you know had no uh interaction recommended by lucius yeah, highly interact uh, yeah, recommended but then they they stress we got her because we didn't want anybody with that old connection to batman i'm like you're you're fooling yourselves this is ridiculous it made perfect sense to me that alfred and lucius would not oh, let would, somebody it, in oh like, i know. Besides, you know but it's it just to add that part in like we thought it'd be smart to not have people who it it well, how would you introduce it I would say this is Julia Perry. <laughs> there she is. She's going to be one of the task force. Goodbye. You don't have to go through this explanation. It's like if, if somebody came into work tomorrow for us uh, at the cardboard box factory and they're like, hey, this guy's a expert at cutting cardboard. You know, we don't want anybody involved with the uh, Kellogg's company. It just made no sense. Or maybe they, they fire Ben. In, in shipping and the next thing you know we get another guy in shipping and they have to point out that this guy has no relation to the past shipper well, that's it, it just me. was weird it was just i think that number one you see her and yes you you know it's julia yeah they, but they had to change the name because that was how she's undercover yeah really undercover too uh but they had to give like the people the five people who didn't realize who it was like oh now i get it who and you, I don't know. It just it seemed off to me that that sentence. Everybody's freaking comic. Every comic, somebody's first, so they have yeah. to throw it in. And you know what? Even if this is someone, they'll have no idea who that person is. No, it's funny because so. when we put this review up, and uh, after you reviewed it, and I started sharing it on Google Plus, I got so many uh, uh, messages. Hey, uh, what's up with that robot Batman? I'm like, oh, here we go. Well, yeah. I'm gonna. I just basically ended up telling them they they got to read it. Uh, again, there's gonna be people out there who uh, probably are now uh, pissed at us that it's uh, spoiled. That ba- I anybody out there not know that Batman's dead now, and if they, I'm are, sure yeah. there are, but they're not comic book readers. Yeah. Uh, well, I meant comic book readers again. 
again. I, we uh, Vicky tells people we're going to spoil. Oh, stuff I know, but again, like so. all all these people on Tumblr, they might like you know I like Batman, all this stuff, but they don't follow the books. They just happen to like you know the Dark Knight trilogy or some shit like no, that. No, I, I told or the you, cartoons yeah, or whatever. I, well, I told you way back where it really hit home to me was when the Doom story had started. Oh no, you know what it wasn't? It wasn't doomed. It was um, Superman's Joker arc, right? And I just I, – I kind of was interested. I wanted to drum up some talk. I mentioned yeah. this before. I went on Reddit, which Reddit hates us and hates everybody in the world. But I went on this actual Superman channel on Reddit and wrote, hey, who do you guys really think that the Superman's Joker uh, – yeah, Superman's Joker is going to be? And they took it as me just coming up with a question. And I got so many like responses like, what do you mean, Superman? I'm like, no, I'm talking about this arc that at that point started the next day. Exactly. And nobody knew. I don't know. I always thought people were in the know, Eric. Yeah, I thought so as well. Uh, what'd you give the issue? Um, what did I give the issue? I think eight point five out of ten. Eight point five. Yeah, I I think I would have given it a seven point five. And it's funny that you are very positive for this issue, yet you give it probably a lower grade than I had given Batman in in seven months. <laughs> uh, only because I tend to scale things a little bit higher because I have a good heart, Eric. Yeah, but you hate everything afterwards on the podcast. Yes, I do. That's what this podcast is for, is to get rid of the hate. And um, there's So you're be... faking the funk is what you're saying. No, I, I, actually, um, sometimes there is uh, one issue tonight, and I'm not even going to say which one it was, uh, that when I went back and read it, I reread it, I liked it a little more. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I liked it a little less than when I first read it and reviewed it. But I have one of those, too. It was Catwoman. <laughs> uh the next one you liked more than me and i really didn't like it in fact um before i even announce what it is i wrote a full out list to yell at you about of what i didn't like oh, uh, that is batman superman number 21 eric that's written by greg pock who hates us art by Ardian Saif, vince vicente Fuentes, and ulysses Ariola. and remember uh way back uh ulysses Ariola only went by Ariola. Right. And I think he added that Ulysses to, to stop people from laughing at him. I really do. I'm a I man. I know that, that sounds awful to say, but Ulysses is a kick-ass name. Yeah, it's Isn't a fucking it? strong awesome ass name. name. And then the Areola, but it's Ulysses, so you don't say anything. But here's my uh, little rundown. I just go by Ulysses. Ulysses. The truth continues, and if I told you this issue was a huge disappointment, Eric, I wouldn't be lying. Because if I'm lying, I'm dying, Eric. While I love the action scenes in this issue, I thought the dialogue and character interactions were awful. The issue left me with more questions than answers. And if this is the truth, I want to keep believing the lies there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I couldn't even come to write up a huge thing. I don't know what anybody out there or everybody out there would think. I was, I was so disappointed with this issue. And after the action comics of last week, um, the, this truth storyline has got me a little down. Uh, it really has... Only to a degree for me. The only other thing that that gets me is um, going into this, I I had no idea what I still don't. You, if you held the gun to my hand, I don't know exactly what issues the truth is in. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing it's Action Comics, Superman, Batman, Superman, and Superman, Superman Wonder, 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 Woman. Wonder Woman. For some reason, I thought Batman was involved. I thought that maybe Detective. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an idiot, like we just said that people don't know things. Right. Maybe maybe I'm one of those people. But <laughs> I really thought this was going to be a a full out like even Batman. Went, but it's obviously it's a a Superman story. Yeah, Superman centric. It's funny because when I first heard it announced, I just thought it was this whole thing. I thought it was Batman Superman. I thought it was all going to be intertwined. But that's fine. But this Batman Superman. Um, 
I think that Greg Pak had a little bit of an issue. I mean, he has this Batman Superman book. We're on issue 21. I've really enjoyed it. And then all of a sudden, they tell him, hey, by the way, coming up, Batman's going to be a robot. It's going to be Jim Gordon, and Superman's not going to have powers, and everybody knows what he is. If any book is affected more, I don't know what, because this <laughs> whole book is, is demolished by all these things. So he's kind of trying to grab into it. But See, I don't know. I think that would be exciting for a writer like that. He's, been doing, be. you know, he's been doing his stories, and now he has a brand new palette to work well, with. You realize that I'm saying this as a lazy man who doesn't write. Right. So I'm thinking that, oh, God. But, yeah, maybe that's the truth. Maybe he's um, the truth. He's all excited for the truth. And I, I would say that maybe he should uh, work a little harder. Look, I have no I, idea what your problem is. I thought I'm this was a you. really fun story. Okay. I had I had a lot of problems with different transitions, mainly in, in the story. You get it? It starts out. And I'm telling you, it starts out with Superman going to town on these crazy thugs that want to kill him. They're yelling, yeah. you know, you aliens. Some like aliens, like, you know, what, like, like, like human supremacists. Okay, now I'll start number one. This is going to be a whole um, – I'm going to do my whole manifesto on what I don't like in this issue. First off, he – is beating the crap out of a guy, and he's really enjoying himself because yeah. he, he can't hold back a lot of it. He, he doesn't have to hold back. He can go full out. He says that basically he likes to hear a guy scream like the rabbit that his dad ran over when he was a kid in the tractor. I don't think he said he liked it. He I, just said it, it reminded him of. He is enjoying himself when he's doing it, though. It's the whole package that he's not it's holding back. It's a new back. experience. I just, I, I thought that was way off, and he is now a uh, serial killer. You know what? No, do you know what it's like? It's like having sex with a condom and not having sex with a condom. You think that? Though. Yes. But uh, do you enjoy the sex without then? Yes. Yeah, just like he's enjoying seeing the guy scream. Exactly. Like a I'm saying though, it's dying. a new, it's a new experience, okay. and you really did. Okay. Uh, Until you have a baby, and then it's terrible. One, <laughs> yeah, or five. One 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 point for me. I'm up one nothing in our arguments, Eric. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Unfortunately for you, I am the judge and jury as well. <laughs> the okay, the next, the next point. He's there standing, and I hope you saw this as well. He's standing there, and he's like, "Man, my left leg feels like someone stuck a knife in it." All of a sudden, there's a knife there. Yeah, yeah. There is I not. Love that. There's not a knife before there. I'm looking at the panel right now. Knuckles on fire. Left leg feels like someone stuck in a knife in it. It's from the front, exactly from the next panel. There's no knife, Eric. It's the next, on the side. The next, no. No. Because you see his knee in both. So, point two. I am up two knuckles. I really dug that, that part. Yeah, you go I back and You go back and look, and you're not going to laugh. You're going to say, where the hell did that show up from? Okay, so he gets this. He He's talking to an officer, and then he's like, hey, buddy, you know, what's going on? And this guy, he's another schizophrenic. He goes from, yeah, I helped you, Superman, but now I can't. It makes no sense to me. There's a and, new status quo in the okay, world. Okay, he goes, he goes go. okay, there's new memo. Now, is this a police officer? Yes. Why is he getting memos from uh, Lex Luthor? Because uh, that's like, what it—that's what it basically says. Part of the Justice League. No, I, I, it does, and this Lex Luthor does not appear to be in the Justice League. They don't have anything to do, and this would have a lot of repercussions of the Justice League with uh, Clark and all this. He would have known. I don't. I don't buy it. He goes to talk to Lex. Now, I do enjoy Lex. I like. No, no, uh, he wasn't getting memos from Lex. See, that was the people in front of Lex's house, uh, like his building. But then, why does he go? I think I might, and goes to Lex's building to talk to him. Because he, makes, he thinks insin- that Lex is behind this. Yeah, but it insinuates that Lex is sending the memos. No, it I don't believe that. It does insinuate that. that. We, the, have, the, we have some kind of rogue force that put the uh, the cops against that neighborhood and actually No, but here's the, the deal. Floor. You're saying that I get that those people in front there are Lex's bodyguards. Oh, no, they, those people are. Those, yeah. 
Well, that's who he goes to. So it has nothing to. to do with the cop, though. That he he, goes, no, I'm saying, though, he has no, that has nothing to do with the cop that he was talking to after he beat up those no, guys. No, but the, the guy says, I don't know, we get memos, I don't know where they come from, and he says, I might, and then goes and talks to Lex. Yeah, There's and then no, he go and he goes, he has an idea, he's yeah. wrong. No, I don't think he is. I think, I think they're saying, they never say, he. but then they go, and what I do like, and this is kind of a, a thing that's not really stressed in it, uh, I, I really love that Lex is pissed. I he, love that as well. That is great. That's the best part, that Lex is so mad because the – I'm guessing that not only does he think that Clark himself is a loser, he says that, but it's yeah. also that it was right under his nose the right. whole time. The whole time. Pissed. But I really like that behind him he has these video screens, correct? Right. And it almost to me seems like he's showing them, look, these people – now I know. I know your whole life, and I can do whatever I want. It just seems weird, but they're back there. I, I actually like that. Um but then he's talking, and he's like, oh, and they're going back. He doesn't believe him. Then, then freaking Clark smashes his desk. And he's he, like, oh, he okay. He just hits it. He doesn't yeah. smash. Oh, it's smashed. Smash, it's fine. No, it's yeah. not. I looked at it. It's not okay. smashed. It looks, well, then, what, that shows you that he's Superman because he can make a big loud bang on a desk? No, it shows It's, it's ridiculous. Why, well, he's so not. Then he says, <laughs> oh, no, but then he says, oh, uh, yeah, I know you've been attacked by these strange energy things. Uh, I've traced them. They're in Gotham. Okay, so he's like, okay, right. I'm going to go to Gotham. So they get to Gotham, and now Batman is beating the crap out of Superman. And I'm telling you, I, I understand what they say. They say that he was trying to break into Wayne Tech. Yeah. But this whole Bat Batman showing up, and he's fighting who he knows is super – it seems off. I think that Batman would have shown up. Jim Gordon Batman would have shown up. Maybe, say, you know, step aside, whatever. And I guess – there, Greg Pox trying to show you that hey, the game's changed. It, yeah. guys are. It's too over the top for me. Well, so that whole transition that we jump from let's go to Gotham to Batman beating him up is yeah. the sneak peek. You throw the yeah. sneak peek right in the middle but there. That's exactly sneak what peak, happened. But it's off because it doesn't go. It doesn't jive fully with that sneak peek because in that it just ends with hey. You got to pretend you're working with me now, so that and it's with Lex. All of a yeah. sudden, Lex is there, and, and that's from like, the end of the sneak peek. Okay, and he's like, "Hey, he's talking with me, or he's working with me." Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not even it's not even that good a transition as before because then it seemed as if Lex had shown up, and hey, surprise, Clark himself. This doesn't seem like it. They went there together. They traveled together. It seems in this, but also, okay, you have you're in Gotham. You I'm have Gotham. you have Superman. Clark Kent, he's breaking into Wayne Tech, correct? He was stopping right. them, but yes. Lex shows up and then makes everything okay because he says, no, he's with me. And then he's like, oh, Le oh. Batman's Lex is like, a respected hero. He works yeah, for the Justice League. That, that he matter. saved the world. But I don't, I don't get, so did Superman. Yeah, but Lex is human. No, I, I don't think that this, this Lex to me, in, like I said, this Lex does not seem like the one that's in the, the Justice League. If they, they don't, wouldn't you think they'd mention, or if this happened, Clark's, uh, uh, his identity's revealed, he doesn't have the powers. Don't you think they would have had a meeting of the Justice League to kind of discuss what's going on? Why wouldn't they have Superman up in the Watchtower, away I, from all this garbage? What's and, going on, I think, will be, uh, like, talked about in Superman yeah, Wonder Woman, what, what we saw from the sneak peek. What I don't, what I'm saying about this whole thing, though, you have Batman, you're in Gotham, all of a sudden Lex shows up, and that's as if anybody who could be breaking in the way in tech, and Lex just shows up and goes, it's fine, he's with me. Oh, okay. Oh, where'd he go then? Oh, he disappeared. Oh, darn it. It, it, it came off so odd to me that... This Batman, Jim Gordon Batman, is is going to take Lex's word for anything he says, but yet Clark Kent Superman is getting beat up. Yes, but you got to realize, after Forever Evil, Lex is the world's greatest.
No, I know. Greatest I'm superhero. Saying, though, and, and, and no, Superman and, and people don't trust superheroes. I'm saying that they don't trust them because they weren't there to save them during but Forever Evil. And, Lex but, was. But they've had other stories since Forever Evil. Forever Evil's a year ago. I'm saying not in this timeline. Uh, it is, though. They've had that whole Doom story went by. And yes, you can and say, Superman oh, was like even Superman. Exactly. But it still doesn't mean that Lex can show up somewhere and just tell everyone, hey, he's with me. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean that Superman guy who saved us all a bunch of times and I was just beating up? Just think about the role reversal. Now Lex is way more like a... Like he's uh, more respected than Superman. He is the Superman of world. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy that Superman could show up now, somewhere I, where somebody's. I, I think it was an awful transition. You don't get any sort of that at all. And then and then. Uh, I understand. Superman just Superman just disappears. And don't goes. worry, Greg Peck. I but, understood. No, he, yeah, but it's not it. That's so much. Again, this is this, there's so much that you're reading into it that isn't stressed in the in the book. And you don't know when this even takes place. It's so odd. Um, I'd say it's about three months after uh, Doomed. Yeah. Well, you, then then he goes to the Batcave. And I have more problems where when he meets with Alfred, it's such a, like, it's almost as if some things were missing. He shows up. He's just like, where's Bruce? He, oh, my goodness. He's all upset. But there's so many other questions. Like I said, number one. How how could he not hear that Bruce is is dead? He's been dealing with his own problems. Batman's dead. No, he's he still was a reporter. He still he was in a place where he's looking at newspapers. That newspaper would have announced that Batman was dead as well. Yeah, but maybe he didn't believe it, like Bullock. Well, he doesn't go there to seem like hey, they said he was dead. He goes there. Uh, Alfred, who's missing a hand all of a sudden, he doesn't even answer that, and then shows up with this thing, and and Alfred almost seems as if he knows what Bat, uh, Superman's there for. He basically, I'm looking at it again right now, and he gets in there like Clark Kent, Alfred, oh my god. And he goes, here, let me check that out for you. Yeah. And then grabs that that uh, that Al thing from him. Alfred's on point, man. He, he's no, been having his note Alfred doesn't. to the screen this entire time, watching everything that's uh, been going on in Bruce's absence. Yeah, I know, and uh, don't you think that would include uh, maybe saying like, hey, I heard what happened with your identity. That really sucked. Or, hey, do you need any help because now uh, you don't have powers. Hey, hey, when your dad died, did you want people no, to no, come no, up? You... Hey, did you want people to come up to you and say, I'm sorry for your dad dying? No, you just told me that you were on point, uh, no, or Alfred. he was on point, yeah. and he was checking out all the news. Yeah. But yet he doesn't actually seem to even address that he has no powers or all that but he knows he's there and then superman leaves and he's like yeah i didn't think i'd have to bury him and all that and the thing is uh after i thought about it well first off superman seems awful he's like yeah he's he's upset but he's also an actor and it, it, it he's came lying off, what I, I know it, and you realize um he is lying obviously we know that yeah. but i think the hint is is that he basically says you know i always knew i'd bury him we know that he didn't bury him. We know that the body never was found. He as far as we knew. They've already yeah. buried him a bunch of times, like in uh, Final <laughs> But Crisis I'm saying and... this time, that line came off as like, yeah, he is making up a lie. He, see, he has a speech to say. But it's weird that he's just sitting there waiting for, well, like if Superman never showed up, he's like, God damn it, I, I rehearsed my lines. <laughs> and now I, I can't do it. But yeah, then um, the issue goes, and again, it, it starts, it, I'm, I'm going on and on about all the things that happen. I hate to do that on yes. this podcast, but when he talks to Lois, that, again, oh, one that was worst, awful. One <laughs> of the worst conversations I said in my review. I think they they actually called each other to, to argue with who has a worse life. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it's Superman. <laughs> Clark's life is real is a little worse than than Lois getting upset that uh freaking uh. Uh, people are are mad at her. She doesn't even say that. That would be one thing. Well, she's I, getting death. Threats. Yeah, she's getting death threats. Um, 
but yeah, all the stuff she's she's mad because uh, who? What did she say at the one point that uh, that uh, what's his name is binge eating is like a whole thing. Uh, Jimmy Perry. Oh, Perry, Perry White. you're right. Perry, Perry White's yeah. hate eating every donut with it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, people going after him nonstop to kill him. I think that beats Perry White uh, hate eating donuts. <laughs> But then he gets a thing. Grace Caesar's ghost is donut is delicious. And now, now there's a transition. And again, I really liked it, but it seemed it it seemed almost like glossed over. But he, to me, he's now becoming. He wants to become the uh, the Superman Batman. Right. He's going to take it to the streets. He gets one of the bat cycles. He's going to paint it up. He's going to pimp his ride. He's no, that's his make own it, cycle. Is it? It looked like he had it there. Because I think it he modified like it, it. Oh, really? Because it looks like it has bat wings on the I, side. I, yeah, well, no, I know I, missile no. launchers on. Yeah, no, maybe this, maybe it is a new bike. I always a, assumed it was a, his regular no, spray painted it, but yeah, modified the, it. I'm looking at it now. It's in the Batcave. Yeah, well, I'm saying he he, uh, he oh yeah he didn't drive it into yeah, the Batcave, no, did he? No, no, no there, it's it's a bat. So I'm looking yeah, okay, at it now. I got you. That crazy ass Alaskan dirt bike is, is not that. <laughs> so he's like, fuck it. Basically, he's like, fuck it. If they if they want to do it this way, and I love it. I love that part that he's like, okay, here we go. And then again, why is he? Well, I maybe he wants to know stuff, but again, don't you think in this thing with um with um Alfred, don't you think he would have at one point discussed a little about this this robot Batman? Like, hey, I I can't tell you who it is, but th- they mean good. It's a good person because, like you said earlier, you think that possibly he was the one who got Julia involved, so he knows Julia's not going to get involved with that and not tell him. So. He knows who's in the suit. Yeah. He knows it's a good man. He knows the good intentions. Now, again, you can tell me that this is all going to lead to corruptness and uh, crazy shit going down because of how the GCPD is and it gets a little – whatever. But at this point, to me, it looks as if um, uh, he should have told Superman, listen, don't – you know, this new Batman, it's, it's something good. We're going to try to use this. But yet he, he wants to talk to him, I'm, I'm assuming. Do you assume at the end they're, they're heading to a fight? Or do you think it's like a no, ruse? No, That's the it's like a, it's like They're a call to come meet, you know? Yeah, type of shit. yeah, the call is blowing up oh, missiles. Oh, I know. I don't agree it's with so that. It's so crazy. And the thing is, does it, on the one panel, he shoots these missiles out and they blow up. Yeah. And at the end scene when uh, Batman shows up, it looks like there's a shit ton of cars on That's fire. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Crap is on fire. Now they should arrest he, Superman. Yeah, now they should. Now before I, I did, but then Lex will just come out and say, "Hey, he's with me, guys." They're like, "He killed a whole block of people." That Lex, get out of here. Now it's over. You, but you, yeah, you've gone on and on about the things you don't like about this book. Yeah. There's two things, only two that I don't like about this book, and it's the same. One of the things is the same problem we I had with Action Comics is where okay. in this issue it says, "See Superman number 42." Yeah, I know. I, I've already even uh let that go yeah i I, see that this whole event is going to be so out of order and it's so fucked up but 42 that's next month i know it's crazy it's not next week i think superman 41 comes out next week week, i believe yes uh and even if it doesn't it'll be the the week after but yeah yeah, now we now you also so you have action comics last week where where you have to wait till next week or the week after now you have this where you have to it's all out of place and and that's frustrating and the other thing i don't like is i do not i don't know if it was greg pack doing it i do not like this new take on lex Luthor. he looks like james franco from spider-man 3 and he's having like he's like a techno hipster having a midlife crisis he looks Uh, like he's 20 goddamn years old in that suit well he looks a little bit like toy man well, yeah. Or yeah, Toy well, Master. The, whole toy thing, master. I, the reason I didn't like Lex in this, and I didn't even say it while we were talking about it when I was getting angry, was the fact that Lex seemed to only be a, a tool to get him directed towards Gotham. Yeah. That's all it seemed. And uh, it just, 
and then he's gone. I, you know, hopefully we'll see him next issue. Who knows? Who knows? He, I, where is he right now? He's hanging out. He's wondering where freaking he's, Clark went. He's at an internet cafe and getting a fucking, you know, an espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what yeah. hipsters do, don't they? That's he did look like a hipster. hipster. And uh, the other, the last thing that I, I wasn't real fond of, I love Artie and Syaf. He jumped on this book a couple issues ago. Uh, kind of was the. Um, the main guy who, when they finally got like a solid, steady guy each week, it was the uh, kind of after they had uh, Jay Lee. Right. And then after Jay Lee left the book, they had a bunch of people jump on that tried to mimic Jay Lee's style for a while. And Artie and Syaf jumped in with his own style, and I really liked it. Uh, I, I don't I, know. We had that one, um, that that whole video game one that had uh, Brett Booth on it, which I really. Oh no, yeah, well that again, that was like that little bit, but that yeah. was like that was like issue five. It, recently, Maybe. <laughs> I'm saying, re, yeah. Recently, though, it's been Artie and Syaf as he's the main, he's the guy now. He's the they, guy. They were jumping back and forth. I don't like the art in this issue as much. I, don't I love like, it. I don't like his um, actually super uh, Clark. I don't mm-hmm. like how he did Clark. I don't like his face. It kind of seemed off to me. Uh, the action, everything else was great. The color work, all that was great. But I didn't like the way he draw. Or I, I love don't the like art. the way I don't like the way he draws Clark. Um, but all in all, I gave it a five out of ten. Uh, I stick by it. You're eight point five out of say. ten. Eight point really five out of ten. It. I had so many issues with it, and hopefully this all ends up um, tying together with these issues out of order, and it, it actually makes me happy, and I like it. But right now, I am not too happy with the truth. <laughs> uh, that was too long for that one book. Let's Agreed. get on with it. But I had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're wrong, you always love being wrong, and you're wrong again. It was awful. Hey, anybody out there who wants to write mail about whether this is good or bad, send it in. We'll yeah, actually, to, we'll it, mail decide. Um, on the the comments that I've gotten in our random ways around the beat, uh, the people who had responded to me uh, agree with me. But again, it might just be because the people don't, you know, a lot of people don't write. So. Right. Uh, but I did like the next book here. So did I. Earth Two Society Number One, written by Daniel H. Wilson, with art by Jorge Jimenez and John Rauch. World's end and convergence are over, and hopefully that means we can get back to something resembling a coherent story. And after reading this first issue, I think it might actually happen. Intercut throughout this one year later story of Dick Grayson Batman hunting down Terry Sloan are the beginnings of the new Earth Two. The survivors of World's End have made their way to a new planet, and because Terry Sloan orders the ships down that weren't actually meant to land, thousands of people died, and the 12 crash-landed ships were cannibalized to make the 12 new cities of the planet. I don't know how this, like, I like the fact that we're dealing with a new planet where we can get back to basics and don't have to deal with convergences or wars, Yeah. but I don't know how I feel about this whole, you know, like, uh, Neo, like, uh, cannibalized ship cities and only 12 of them on the planet. It's kind of yeah. odd. It's almost like... um. Maybe a futuristic road warrior feel to a degree, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I thought that it was a pretty cool way to get things running, to hit the ground running instead of, Agreed. like you said, you were going to be mad if they didn't have grass straw huts. huts. Or so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to see Dick Grayson in a straw hut. I know, I know, uh, you know I, that I mean? was a so, joke. Um, I know, but uh, one thing I did think that uh, Daniel H. Wilson uh, did in this he really, in my mind, he gave me a lot of, and again, he gave me so much confidence in what he did here that I'm not so sure that half the stuff that we didn't like in in World's End wasn't his fault. 
Right. Because, man, he ties up things in this. And I'm, gets I'm really things, happy about and that. And he gets things back. I mean, he addresses things that we had issues with. Exactly. Like, the, like Dick Grayson being crippled. Yes. He, addre- he addresses it. And I think now, we don't we don't have the, we don't don't have see the actual like problem solved here, but we address no. it and know it will be like solved no. in the future. And, but what I like, though, is that he's almost like, okay, you guys read Convergence. You know what went on, so I have to deal with it. Hey, Dick was crippled. And once Telos is, uh, you know thing or he's crippled again because and i thought that okay i i believe that now that i think that he read convergence and he like you who complained about it the whole time like where is this exoskeleton thing that went on it disappeared but he can walk this kind of says like hey it was kind of telos's thing that he kept him walking yeah and i thought that's brilliant that is great because you know what I'll go with it. It's kind of weird, but I'll go with it because you're addressing it. Agreed. That's all I wanted. He addresses it. We're going to fix it in the future. Don't worry, guys. And the best part on top of it, uh, Daniel H. Wilson has said to us on Twitter that there's no more Tommy John nonsense. He's going to keep it a Johnny and no more Tommy in the future. The the son's name's Johnny. There's no more Tommy. He's addressing this shit. I think that he realizes that stuff went wrong. Obviously, he was reading Convergence, I guess, because he seems to have And the other thing. Okay, so you have this, and you have these ships. And like you said, these ships, I like that they point out that, hey, these ships weren't meant to to do what they're trying to do now. And he deals with it. And yes, a lot of people die. Makes him, uh, making even though it's a little odd because Terry Sloan, like you know, he's been the big bad of Earth Two throughout this entire series. Like mm-hmm. back in, back during the Apocalypse War, before the regular Wonders were killed, he ordered that a um, a fire pit be made. So if somehow this fire pit was going to like prevent millions of dying, or it's going to kill hundreds of thousands, but it's going to prevent millions of dying. So right there, we have this guy who's you know he's dealing with the bottom line. Shit's going to go bad, but this is for the best. Mm-hmm. And here we have the same thing. And it's going to piss a lot of people off. He's killed thousands of people because the ship's crashing, but they needed to get down. But for somehow, he's become dictator of this world over a year, but now Batman's finally hunting him down. I want to know how we got to this transition of where he went from world leader to man getting hunted down in New Gotham. Well, I think that's going to be this full first arc. Hopefully, I'm saying. That's what they're getting at. Yeah. Um, But yeah, do you like uh, the look of Dick as Batman? He's, I'm telling you, it's, it's very odd to me. He's a strange-looking Batman, but I kind of dig it. I, I like it. The I like, yellows I, and the blacks, they, yeah, they work. I, I like it. Now, uh, another thing that I thought was funny in this was uh, that he also goes back and gives a recap of yeah. how World's End ended. And it was almost to me like he was saying, hey, guys, uh, this is how it really <laughs> Because, yeah, you, you actually we see. We got Warren Barta back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You see Warren Barta. You see all that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Alan Scott. That was kind of odd. No, um, no, I'm saying that that is actually the biggest thing because at the end of World's End, Okay. They didn't deal with this in Convergence well, at all. Well, that's the problem is, for the most part, I'm, I must just be thinking of Convergence. Yeah, um, and to get the power that he needed, he need, uh, his his uh, old boyfriend or fiancé, yeah, yeah. Sam, yep, being Sam. being the white like avatar, told him he needed to let go of being Alan Scott. He needed to be a pure okay, vessel yeah, I, you for know the what? green. I do remember that. And that is addressing that here, even though it was pretty much forgotten in Convergence, we're going yeah. back to basics of like you know what Daniel H. Wilson originally intended for these yeah, characters. Yeah, it's it's funny because this is a weird book that he had his world's end, 
and then they had convergence that really to me tried to screw everything up for him and he's actually gone back and done it i'm telling you you think he sat back and thought fuck you jeff king you're fucking with my shit here i think so (laughs) um and again jeff king um from everything i've read and what we read in the books and and thought that he was going off of drafts of books way back and oh yeah was done way before it should have been in my opinion and he daniel h wilson this one issue i'm like okay you know what the hell with convergence it's over i don't have to think about it anymore um i got a new plan out this. of it we're going and now and i'll just go from here and like you said you could go with the convergence you know he he could have went with the story over continuity <laughs> he he didn't though no he and actually I think to that. me he actually took some pieces and and again and uh jorge jimenez i love the art in this so issue. do i i really i and i i'm gonna tell you i looking around i've seen a lot of people hating on this issue so do i uh i don't understand it because yes um the the complaint that i would have is that it's all set up? Yeah, of course. But the it problem is, it's a number one issue of yeah. the book. <laughs> it has to be. I'm a little uh, pissed off, though. I wish they would have kept Andrew Dollhouse from the end of World's End for the colorist. Right. Like, John Roush is fine. But yeah, I yeah. really like Andrew Dollhouse, and he made the like the last couple issues of uh, World's End look amazing. The best yeah. out of the entire series, and well, it was all on the colorist. I, I, have, I have a spoiler, Eric. I'm going to mention Andrew Dollhouse later as my MVP of the week. Nice, all right. Well, I'm MVP. saying, he's one of He's awesome. He's great. Him yeah. and Marceo Maialo are my favorite colorists right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But even, like, when you see Huntress and all, all that, that panel there with Huntress, uh, Red Arrow, and uh, Mr. Terrific, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's so good. And, again, I was very worried about this book, uh, you know, what was going to go on and how it was going to be, and I like it. The only thing that also another issue I'll have is the actual story going on about uh, – the Batman's thing where he's chasing those guys. What yeah. was the guy named? Johnny uh, Sorrow. Johnny Sorrow. But he was going after Terry Sloan and just yeah. happened to run into yeah, Johnny Sorrow. You care anything about that story? Oh, the Johnny Sorrow? Yeah. I, well, Johnny Sorrow is an old, like, you know, Earth 2 villain, like JSA um, villain. Gotcha. And I, I like I like the inclusion. And but I like you the... really care about the actual story? You, yeah, there, I, there was I no story. It. He just well, fought, he beat him, and went back after Terry I'm Sloan. Saying, though, it's, it's exactly it was filler. like, uh, yeah, it's exactly like, uh, what's it called? The Batman. Uh, for the exactly, 41. yeah. There's that story Energy going monster. on that you really don't care about. Uh, though the um, the character designs were awesome. The only other thing I want to ask you, at the beginning, and then it, it kind of comes back to at the end, were those guys going to eat that kid's dog? I don't know. It was I very, think they yeah. were. Because they didn't want him, but they wanted that. What what else would they want the dog for? I think Companionship? Need, no, <laughs> I don't think they needed somebody to sniff out, uh, uh, you know, to go uh, goose hunting. No. Do people I find it very odd, though, that I'm sure they do, um, but I, I find it very odd that the World Army would allow pets on board these freaking ships. Yeah. Um, Where did this dog come from? The only thing I can say is that at some point they let them thinking that it was like a Noah's Ark thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but they, I think that, that they were going to eat America. Now, um, one thing, though, going into this book, you, you get the title Earth 2 Society, and in my mind, immediately you think of the Justice Society of America. Yeah, yeah, and that I'm saying though, but after reading this, it seems more about the Earth Two Society of people. That's what yeah, it dealing seems with. like the people. I think that it's going to be one of those where, um, say this this book lasts. Say in a perfect world, this book keeps. Going I hope so. I need Earth forever two. and ever. I would say that yes, that the first part of this this book, maybe twelve issues or so, it's only yeah. about the society. I think that it's going to morph into a JSA. Yeah, the JSA. I I do. I think that it, like around you know. 
issue eight or so, you're going to see them kind of forming back, getting together, you know, get the band so. back together from yeah. Convergence. I want to see when they do, if they actually mention Convergence at all. If I hope not. It's like just, just, yeah. Let's we, sweep we, it under the rug. Let's not, been it's there, like, done that. We, it's like summer on. camp when you, you know, the boys kiss, Eric. And you, you what? Know, I don't know. <laughs> um, what you, what'd you Hold on. Uh, but the one thing. <laughs> I, this this book is definitely Batman heavy. It's all of Batman's story, Dick Grayson being Batman. Yeah. And I hope we this becomes something more than just that, though, in the future. Like, uh-huh. I don't want it to be a Batman-centric book. I want to deal with all these characters in their day-to-day yeah. lives, still fighting crime or doing, like Huntress we saw in the sneak peek, mm-hmm. is trying to do this, uh, that um, genetic database that, like, yeah. Red, uh, Red Arrow gave her in Conver- um, World's End. I can't fucking talk now. Yeah. But, um... We saw that happening, so we know this shit's going on, but I don't want these big over-the-top stories, and I want to know how the binary star system is going to affect everything, because it's going to fuck everything up with the way Valsad and Power Girl are as characters. Yeah. Um, but which it, it does, it's not addressed at all here. No, we saw that in the sneak peek. Yeah. And yeah, you, but you're you're getting they're gonna concentrate on Batman probably. I hope right. not. First off, this whole that whole convergence was to set up Dick as Batman. Agreed. So, I mean, you have to go with the payoff then of him being Batman. But I think that's just the backbone of how they're gonna tell the story and through his deal and and everything else. I'd rather it be about somebody else and actually have Dick Grayson being a side story. Batman rules, Eric. Apparently. Batman rules. But I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I would have given it an eight five. I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people are hating on this book, though. I know. I'm very excited for it. There's a lot of it. It's, it's after Convergence. Um, I've been excited about a bunch of books. Yeah, me too. And a lot of these new ones, I haven't really, I don't think if I can remember if I hated any of these new ones. Like, really hated. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. But Yeah, even ones I've given, like, uh, lower scores, I still see it, uh, possibilities there. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh yeah, there hasn't been one that I'm like, oh my god, what the hell are they thinking? But uh, <laughs> I want to ask you something, Eric. Uh, when well, was Prez the... is next week. <laughs> yeah, well, again, um, and and you'll hear later on we have uh, Joel, uh, Joel Bowers, who's actually reviewed uh, Gotham Academy. Yes. Um, he's Batman with a box uh, for people who've listened to the thing, and we asked him if he wanted to review a couple issues, basically the ones that I don't want, Eric. That's and, Goth- and unfortunately, Gotham Academy is one of them. Uh, and after reading it, you know, I'll talk about it later. I didn't like it anyway, so I'm glad I didn't reveal it. But I gave him Perez. I'm telling you, I, I don't have an, I don't have time for that nonsense, Eric. I ain't got time for that. You don't even know it's nonsense yet. Oh, I can tell it's nonsense. I read that preview, my head almost burst, and <laughs> I, I don't know what. And it's not even like one of those good ones, like you're saying, oh, Grant Morris. No, this was. I didn't know what was going on. I'm too old for that book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you, when was the zombie renaissance, Eric? 2003. 2003. When was the zombie craze? 2010. Mm, well, there, we're, we're agreeing a little more then, because the next book goes in uh, with what you claimed was the zombie renaissance, I believe, because originally, wasn't that around the time Marvel Zombies came out? Yes. All right, so with this whole shenanigans going over at Marvel, uh, they have a lot of books coming out. I don't know what's going on. I'm not even going to pretend that I know what Battle World is and Secret Wars <laughs> and on this or that because when I see these books, I kind of think on the outside that I'm getting a grip on what might be happening. And then a book like this hits, which was Marvel Zombies number one. Right. And the, the reason I'm bringing this up is that that is what Ryan Clark in his other side segment is going to talk about. Oh, Marvel nice. Zombies number one. Um, the thing is, he did the whole thing. He recorded it uh, and sent it to me, and then he sent a note. He was all, I don't know, it seemed like he was in a panic. He was upset with himself 
because he was going away then. He's at a family function this weekend now. Uh, Have a good time, Ryan. Well, yeah. Well, he realized that he never uh, gave credit to any of the creative team (laughs) for the book, and I think it really upset him. I think that he did not want that to go out without um, having the creative team. That's cool. So he asked me to, to say it. And tell him, and I'm not going to because I want to sit now. I'm going to tell him. It's actually by Simon Spurrier uh, is the writer. The art's by Key, or, yeah, Key Walker and uh, Frank Darmada. Darmada. Frank Darmada. It's, I'm looking at these words, and like Key Walker, that seems like something that I should be able to read right away. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is these are guys that I've never written, uh, had anything with. They're Marvel guys, I guess. Yeah. For the most well, part. I'm I know I, I've heard of Simon Spurrier actually um i'd have to go yeah. back maybe these were guys that actually did marvel zombies back in the I day i don't know i was hoping that maybe um, like convergence did yeah yeah i was hoping maybe um because this is totally marvel's convergence yeah it is they're both <laughs> the same we we talked about it it's the bugs life and ants Ant, yeah. at one point we should i should have a contest or a game with you where i mentioned the one movie and you mentioned the movie that came the companion out alongside piece, yeah. with it that was exactly the same be... Uh, but yeah, also in a, in a side note, uh, right before the podcast, I went and got a coffee and I turned on the radio and the um, Red Hot Chili Pepper song Other Side was on. Ooh. And I thought, oh my God, I forgot that one. So that might follow the segment because right now we're going to kick it off to Ryan Clark's Other Side talking about Marvel Zombies number one. Do it, Ryan. Hello and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and on this, the 17th episode of The Other Side, I bring you Marvel's Secret Wars Battle World book, Marvel Zombies Number 1. That's a heck of a title, and there's a whole lot more to go with it, so I'm going to jump right in. Um, previously I had read, uh, the first volume of the original Marvel Zombies book, and like basically every other person on Earth ever, I enjoy zombies, so I liked that book and was interested to see what they do with this book. Um, unbeknownst to me at the time that I had selected this book as my review for the week, um, it was to feature a female character from the Marvel Universe that I, uh, remember very vividly picking up off the shelf as a, a young teenage comic collecting boy, um, Elsa Bloodstone from the four issue miniseries Bloodstone that Marvel published in the winter of 2001 uh, into early 2002. I look back over the issues that I had. I had actually only purchased the first two of the four issues and went back and uh, Googled, I used Comic Vine, uh, the rest of the series just to see. Um, what was out there, what it was like, and I now um, definitely regret not having picked up the rest of those issues because I saw the the fourth issue has a very uh, heavy-handed Indiana Jones homage cover to it, and I wish that some cheesy, random, early 2000s comic book that I would love to have in my collection that's probably now worth less than the paper it's printed on, but still... It would be nice for me to have. So, anyway, back to the story at hand. Uh, We pick up here with Elsa Bloodstone, a tough British lady and daughter of Ulysses Bloodstone, who in this universe is a renowned monster hunter. And Elsa is on Battle World, 
and is fighting on the shield, which you can think of as the Great Wall of China times a billion, and instead of being attacked by a bunch of Huns this that one time, it's being attacked by zombie versions of Marvel characters basically constantly. So it's pretty crazy and pretty frightening stuff, right? Uh, you know, not so for a stuffy British woman who only wants to slay monsters and sip tea, and apparently it is those two things and in that order. Uh, the story shows her commanding troops along the shield uh, when she runs up against zombie Nightcrawler, which was a really awesome moment because I, I love uh, Nightcrawler and to see the two of them fighting it out in this weird scenario on Battleworld is totally worth the price of admission, uh, not to mention a bit of reliving my youth for me by seeing more of this character, Elsa Bloodstone, again. <laughs> Uh, then, as fate would have it during their battle, Nightcrawler bamfs and teleports Elsa uh, off the wall and far, far, far into the zombie-occupied territory beyond the wall. The way she describes it is by about 200 miles. And then he just bamps himself away, teleports on like nothing ever happened. And that's where the fun really starts. Uh, we don't just get one little bit of zombie action here. Oh, no, not at all. Immediately following her drop-off and a little bit of flashback storytelling of her time training to be a monster hunter under her dad, uh, we pick right back up in Zombieland and find Elsa being accosted none other by none other than Zombie Doc Ock, which it was really fun to see him back again since his uh, leave of absence from the Spider-Man books and to see him really rotty and undead and still using his medical te metal tentacle arms, but having them be kind of janky was really cool, too. Um, and, of course, you know, it doesn't take long for Elsa to dispatch him uh, because she's a badass monster hunter. Uh, then she randomly bumps into a bald-headed bald -headed amnesiac little boy in the middle of Zombieland who's wearing what looks like an astronaut suit because, of course, she would. There wouldn't be a story if it was just that. There has to be something to move it along. And they um, have a little bit of a back and forth, and she dubs this amnesiac bald little boy in an astronaut suit, shut up, so that he'll stop talking. Which was a fun bit of sassy British wit cutting through there that I really liked. Uh, and as they make their way back to the shield, they we get to find out that Elsa herself finds out and knows that she's very, very far away by referencing a mountain range that nobody had ever seen up close that resembles um, Wolverine's haircut. And she describes the look of it as being a compensation haircut for someone with short man syndrome. So even a stuffy British monster hunter trapped in a world full of zombies aren't immune from making jokes about Wolverine's ridiculous hair which was fun and great and really a nice, nice light moment in an otherwise pretty dark, you know, undead, character-filled book. Uh, then we see Elsa engage in a really gorgeous and gory battle against Zombie Juggernaut, which is another great and unexpected treat, getting classic Marvel villain against a character that I'm sure not too many people really know. She hasn't been in a lot of books, but for me it was just fun to see two characters that I really liked and grew up having read about in this uh, fight against one another. 
Um, and again, you know, I'm sure she, un, un, unexpected by anyone, succeeds, defeats Juggernaut. It's a beautiful sequence. It's really well written and drawn and a really cinematic and very, very flowy fight scene that I really liked. Um, and uh, the issue ends with the bald amnesiac boy in an astronaut suit convincing Elsa to travel away from the shield instead of towards it to explore more of the uncharted area of Battleworld and ends with Elsa saying the words, a hunter being hunted is just plain tacky, talking about making sure that she's not being followed and hunted, and the panel shows a zombie monster creature with a knife following her. So she's being hunted. So take that, Elsa. I thought this book was a really fun story uh, that picked up a little more of an unused corner of Battle World. It's something that's been referenced before um, in issue two of Secret Wars, you get to see the Thors and they visit the shield and you see some of the zombie characters in it, but we don't really spend a lot of time there. Whereas this book I feel like is really gonna live in zombie land, which, which it should. Um, the characters were all different and very unique. The zombies were really engaging to look at, and to me they were really fun because it's taking characters that you know and can appreciate and changing them and making them rotting, undead, fleshy, bone things instead of the characters as you're used to seeing them. Um, I, I really can't wait to get back for the next chapter of this book and for more Marvel Zombies. Uh, this book is, is really high on my list of priorities for the, all the different uh, Secret Wars tie-ins, and I would uh, definitely highly recommend it for anyone who wants a bit more fun and uh, levity from the Secret Wars books. Um, I had been asked by uh, one of the, the people from last week who wrote in if I had been reading any other books, and I had said that I had been reading uh, Why the Last Man. I just got started. That was really great. I actually had not been keeping up on Gem and the Holograms. I want to keep up and read that in trade. And I've also been reading The Swords of Sorrow, the um, female character and female creator-driven event book from Dynamite Comics that's being helmed by Gail Simone, and those are all books that uh, should really check out for now. Uh, if there's anything else that I'm, I'm not reading that you want me to check out or any other uh, reviews you'd like to hear from me, you can always let me know. The Weird Science Guys, as they say, will read anything, so tell them anything you want to say and they will pass that information on to me. Uh, as always, I post all of my written reviews at brightestdaycare.tumblr.com. You can reach me on Twitter at BDC Comics, and I have pages on Facebook and Google Plus as well. And until next week, I will see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. We're back, Eric. Marvel Zombies. Those zombies scare me. <laughs> What's your favorite zombie movie of all time? Uh, you gotta put me on the fucking spot like this. Yep. Most people would prepare this sort of thing. I just. You, what I, do you mean? <laughs> uh, we're not most people, Eric. We're uh, reanimator. We are special reanimator. No, no, no. Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Yeah. I really didn't care what you answered. You could have told me anything. What What is your least favorite? 
What is the most ridiculous zombie now, movie? Ever that is made? impossible to say because there have been since the zombie renaissance and craze, mm-hmm. there have been so many shitty zombie movies. Hmm. All right, Eric. That is our horror talk of the night. The dead hate the living. <laughs> that's that's the one new the dead hate the living. All right. Or the or the dead want women. Okay. They probably would though. That had that had Eric Roberts in it. No, really, Eric yeah. Roberts. You mean the respected uh, <laughs> Eric Roberts from best, oh, yes. from best of the best? Hi, All right, I'm gonna jump right into my next book. You know, he played uh, the doc, the, the master in the Doctor Who TV movie. Yes, you've told me that about like seven the Terminator. trillion times. <laughs> seven trillion. Uh, you know what I haven't told you? What about New Suicide Squad number nine? Well, tell me about it, baby. Well, that was written by Sean Ryan. Art by Felipe Baronis and Blonde. Blonde. Mr. Blonde, I like to call him. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. I couldn't wait for this issue of New Suicide Squad so that we could all see that awesome new team. You know that new team, Eric, right? Oh, I do. I was looking way forward to it. Yeah. However, if Sean Ryan wasn't lying to us on Twitter, the old team is here to stay, and for now, for now at least, while we get a glimpse of Parasite, which I didn't like, this is a Deadshot book through and through. And guess what, Eric? I loved it. Deadshot is the star, but Captain Boomerang is great, and Black Mana is... he's along for the ride. They're charged with infiltrating an offshoot of the League of Assassins called The League, and while that isn't a very imaginative name, (laughs) I guess they're too busy killing and torturing people to come up with something better. The issue was full of great characterizations and tension that you could smash with a baseball bat. It was not not only the best issue I've read of Suicide Squad in over a year, but the best book I read all week, Eric. Really? I loved it. I don't know if you did, if you didn't, if you didn't like it, I'm going to go over with a baseball bat and smash <laughs> you upside the head. Uh, but You're going to really, pull Mr. Blonde on my ass. Yeah, I really <laughs> like this for a lot of reasons. First off, Suicide Squad has been a mess, and I've been reading and reviewing it, and I want to like it. This is a book that I think could have so much fun going on and so much excitement. And all this time, um, I'm not a huge um, Deadshot fan. But they've been teasing you for issue after issue before Convergence that, oh, there's there he is. There's Lawton. He's trying to fight his way back. He wants to get back in the game. He wants to get back. And then at the end of right before Convergence, they pretty much like, hey, guys, it's over. Uh, this team sucks. You're gone. And made it seem like um, Deadshot was going to be maybe a like um, almost like Consult- an oracle, a consultant type thing. Uh, which I liked. I thought that'd be awesome. But here, now you get... need to have dead. You need to have dead shot in the field. Well, obviously they they are. They're keeping him real, and yep. he's in the field, Eric. <laughs> and he's going in. And I thought it was great. They have a little intro that is like a um, a flash forward of of shit that shit gone wrong. Is kind of relaxing and smoking. That kind of came off. If if anybody out there has played uh, Metal Gear Solid Four. It really seemed like a scene out of Metal Gear Solid 4 to me, uh, but that's not here or there because you get there where uh, Deadshot is going to get involved. He's all excited. He's, man, I'm going to get in. And then when he, they open the door <laughs> and there's Boomerang. Hey, Morning Lawton. He's so happy. Boomerang hey, looks so up, happy. Buddy? Oh, man, he looks so happy. And Dead, Deadshot's like, oh, crap. But then they're told what they have to do. And, and uh, it's funny, too. It's like, man, we got to do homework. But uh, what it is is the League of Assassins has, yeah, that has come up with a uh, an offshoot. These guys seem to, like, they want to take it to the streets, Eric. Yeah. The League of Assassins kind of works behind the, the – Veil. Yeah, behind the veil and uh, behind the scenes. And this league is going to go. And to me, it's ISIS, Eric. It's just – there's no doubt about it. This is oh, ISIS. ISIS. Um, and I – think if you would have told me beforehand hey 
they're going to have a group that really appears to be like a Taliban or ISIS. I would have, I would have actually told you, oh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I like my comics to have fun. I like to escape a little. I don't need ISIS and beheadings and things, but it really works here. And it works, I think, because of the team. And like I said in the, in the intro, um, you don't get much of black mana here. It's no. just there. And the other thing that I thought later, I'm like, man. You don't talk much. You see that in the in the wings, Harley Quinn's there. Still, she looks pissed. You got Reverse Flash. He's doing a little stretch, and uh, Parasite, which he's ripping his cell apart. Yep. I didn't I didn't like the look of Parasite at I all. I love Parasite. Did, he's one of my favorite. But you like the look belts. of him? He's okay. In this I, book. I'm telling you. No, I, I love Parasite. Every artist has their own interpretation. Yeah, of Parasite, I'm telling you, it's very. And this much... is not one of the worst I've seen. Okay, it's it's a lot like Clayface. Every time they somebody does it, they have big it. purple he's, Clayface. Yeah, he's got. Well, I'm saying that's what happens with Clayface. When people draw Clayface, some of them make that he's like really a blob others yeah. you know it's interpretation but i laughed afterwards thinking about this because i'm like man i wonder what would have happened if they sent harley i don't think that this group would have dealt with harley at all I, no. I don't i don't know it came off like one of those that you're in the middle east and i'm not sure if in this thing i'm trying to page through if any of this league are even women because i'm telling you it, it came off as like one of those groups that doesn't allow women yeah, so like hardly the, the, the he-man like uh, what the hell was the little rascals group called yeah the he-man women haters club yeah but yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying it's almost as if that like the taliban they they wouldn't have that so uh i think that that's why though i'm probably wrong if you go through you probably say but i think harley harley would have been too jokey and yeah. not going so that i like the team but man i like seeing it in the end um you don't really get much of a story it's basically them kind of getting involved with this group but i loved it i loved the whole thing i i read through this i wasn't even going to review it the night i think it was the second night thursday right and i did a couple reviews and i thought ah you know what i have a couple minutes i'll just read suicide squad get a jump on tomorrow and i read it it might even been it may have been wednesday uh when the books get i forget but yeah, I, wednesday, I, I was not planning on doing it it was late it was my bedtime but i read it i'm like you know what i liked it that much i'm, I'm gonna review it it was the and, third yeah, okay, yeah. And yeah, and usually you know, I do one or two on a Wednesday and I'm dead. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it that much. So I really like it. I don't have a ton to say about it other than um if anybody out there hasn't been reading Suicide Squad, this is actually one book that you can just jump in. You really don't have to know no, it is much a great of anything. Book to jump into. Yeah, and it's a good setup. I like the story. Again, I don't see where this is leading to this new team. <laughs> and I was under the assumption that they were going to announce this new team uh, or start right now with right. this new team. And I even told you when we got that sneak peek, I was a little upset. I'm like, where's this new team? I was a little uh, upset that, that you were getting this really cool new team, and I'm like, I'm not on this book anymore. Yeah, yeah, well, we, we have to wait. Like I said, you get Parasite, maybe they're going to dribs and drabs. You're going to see, yeah. you know, Black Hand or, or the others, Poison Ivy. Uh, again, now, now, we didn't even mention that earlier. Everybody's wanting a Poison Ivy book. She will be in this book eventually. I know that's not the Poison Ivy book they want, but again, like we said earlier, people never get what they want. They're always upset. I'm saying, as much as you love this book, I, I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. I thought it was I thought it was very humdrum and middle of the road for like every other um, story we've gotten. No, I really not much happened, 
and it was a fast read. This was a faster read oh, for me than the last issue read. of Green Lantern. Remember yeah. how fast you said Green oh, Lantern yeah. went for you? I said it was a fast read. The other thing, though, I know that we've read some things on the podcast, but I don't think you've read a lot of the this uh, Sean Ryan Suicide Squad. Oh, I've read a lot. Uh, of Sean Ryan's, I'm yes. saying, of these nine. Oh, I yes. think that, but the podcast, uh, we've never talked about, I think we talked about Suicide Squad like twice since Yeah, we but I, I read the Suicide okay. Squad because I love that team. Yeah, I love the book. I, I don't believe you. Because those books were all garbage. That I'm whole. Saying, it, it has been a rough road, but I'm saying this is not a spectacular issue of Suicide Squad. Oh, it sets up, a, it sets up only three guys that don't have much to do except for get the shit beat out of them, and that's oh, yeah. it. Well, That's after it. this, now they're going to infiltrate this league, yeah, yeah. and then we'll see the other guys come in or what happens. But like yeah. you told you told me ahead, like earlier this week, I even read a bit of your review and saw your score, and I got really excited. So I, when I read this book yesterday, I was really and by the end, I don't know if you, it was like you hyped it up too much for me, but by the end, I'm like, eh, it was okay. I enjoyed the book, but I wouldn't say it was spectacular. Well, I'd that, probably give it a seven. That's like when you told me to go see Age of Ultron or freaking Hot Tub Time Machine. I did not tell you to you see Hot Tub Time Machine. You, oh, I mean, oh, oh yeah, the first you one. Did. Yeah, I thought you meant the second no, one. No, you hyped that up so much it ruined yeah. it for me. No, I, I actually think that what Sean Ryan did here, I think that in in his mind, possibly, the Suicide Squad has too many members, so you never get to see any sort of in, like good characterizations and things well, like that. So we, we had three characters presented here, and Black Man didn't do shit. No, that's what I'm saying. I think that this is all, it's all, it's Deadshot. This is all, and then you have the comedy relief. Of, well, even uh, Deadshot didn't have much to do. No, I think he did. The thing is, you're going from from this. If you think he has, he's been begging to go out again. Yeah. And they weren't going to let him. And then this is what they let him go out as. I thought it was awesome. I gave it a nine four. You're I would have given it a seven. Yeah, you're wrong. Middle of the road issue, but it was still enjoyable. If you like the Suicide Squad, you're going to enjoy this because it's Suicide Squad. It's fu- it's fun, but it's not a, a like a spectacular issue. Yeah, uh, people on the site disagree with you. I love the art. But some, I think it was that Jack on the site said that he uh, was going to get rid. See, right there, there was a guy who was going to drop the book and then read this issue and said, I'm in now. Maybe he's a Parasite fan waiting for Parasite no, to come in. he said he just loved the issue. It was a good issue. I'm saying it was not spectacular, though. Yeah, get on with it. What's next? <laughs> next, we have Constantine the Hellblazer, number one, written by Ming Doyle and James Tinian IV. Is it Tynan? We talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. It's Tynan? Yeah, yeah. It's All right, Tynan. James. James Tynan the Fourth, with art by Raleigh Rosmo and Ivan Placencia. I'm going Placencia. Constantine is getting back to basics, and even though he's still inhabiting a world of superheroes, that seems to be played down considerably here. After showing the readers that he's still down with dudes, almost yes, like is. the writer, almost like the writers just wanted to get the aspect out of the way. Constantine is asked by an old demon fuck buddy named Blythe to help get rid of an imp problem in her Dante's Inferno-inspired nightclub. But it was all a ruse so Constantine could meet her business partner and send him back to hell. But we're dealing with the con man here, so Constantine plays his former fuck buddy and has her sent back to hell as well. I, um, I really don't have a lot to say about this. It's... I'm saying we, we're dealing with a new, uh, darker tone to Constantine where, you know, we're kind of getting like the last bit of Constantine we had before was him being sent to Earth 2, which is, you know, it's really him in the superhero world at that point. He's been sent to another world mm-hmm. inhabited by other heroes and apocalypse and all this other shit. Didn't he make out with somebody then? Yes, he made out with his doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, I hated that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying as much as... People might not like that who were who were big uh, Hellblazer fans back in the day. That was some of the strongest storytelling that that series. I did. Had. I just didn't like when he was making out with himself. 
Well, he likes to make out with dudes. And well, him, he showed that this issue again. Yes, he did. Yeah. But um, this was a really fun issue to have. Um, during the sneak peek, I was not really pleased with the art style. I thought it was going to ruin the freaking book for me. Mm-hmm. But when I started reading this, I am a fan of Riley Rossmo's art now. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It really turned once, me around and made me shut my jerk through, off face. Yeah, once you get through a couple of the panels, yeah. I really think that uh, it's not the cartoony thing that stuck out. It's like uh, he really does well with like the expressions yeah. and the, the emotions of the people, and I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I, I really like this issue. Um, it, again, I, I haven't really not liked a lot of issues since this uh, DCYOU. You but haven't? this is one no. I, I no I I mean I haven't really not Oh liked. you okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah, disliked haven't had a lot. Issues, I got you. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, I really like a lot of these and this one's pretty good. I don't know if it's going to hit with the people that it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but but the story certainly. I remember we were like, "Oh no, here we go. It's like a Batgirl eyesed yeah. Uh, version of uh, Constantine, and why would they do this and call it Hellblazer? Boy, it's a mature story. Damn right. We start out on the first fucking page with Constantine standing naked, covered in blood, yeah, blood in yeah. a clothes store, and that's a perfect way to start an issue right there. We don't yep. need to know how he got there. He just needs new clothes. Yep, and I like the fact that uh, afterwards he kind of uh, mesmerizes the shop the the girl working Clark, yeah. and they basically say her life's ruined now. He oh, yeah. now destroyed her life and and he doesn't I, care. I, no, he doesn't care. And in fact, I'm reading it. And I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't care because he shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like it. He gets he tries to get on with one of the biggest looking men I've ever seen, and the guy is huge. Yeah, he's gonna wreck his butthole. Oh my god! I was like, hey, don't don't do it, Constantine. You're, <laughs> you're a small man. Well, maybe uh, he's the pitcher. I don't know. Yeah, and then you, you get the nightclub, and again, it's very cliched to me. Um, the, actually, the the full story itself is okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, what you're getting is a setup, uh, here's what this Constantine's going to be like. He's a return of get... form. He fights demons yeah. and banishes them back to hell. Yep, and and he doesn't care about people. He He's a jerk. He's he an asshole. He gets people killed all the time. He betrays mm-hmm. them. We get yeah. all the stuff to like get you set up with what Constantine is so new readers yeah. can jump on board. That's basically what it was. It was all giving you – it's all about the character, and I really liked it. Uh, I liked the dialogue. I, I liked most of it about it. But again, this is one of those that I'm interested in the next issue. But this issue didn't make me uh, you know, go, man, I've got to get the next Constantine. But now at least I know, hey, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it should be. Hopefully um, people aren't thrown off by the art style. And uh, like people who would, oh, I want a darker Constantine. Yeah. Because this is a darker Constantine. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. And I hope that they give it a shot because it is very good. Now, you're talking about the dialogue. It might sound dumb to people, but my favorite bit of dialogue here is when Constantine called Gaz Frendo. Nobody yeah, uses yeah. Frendo anymore. I want Frendo, Frendo to be brought back. You want Frendo? Hey I there, want Frendo. Frendo yeah. I don't want that back. Uh, Uh, My uh, only problem with the book, though, is the ending because, like, when as soon as Blythe shows up, and you know, I got a, you know, I want you to come. I got an imp problem. You need to do this because Constantine. You know, I can't banish things myself, or I too will be sent back to hell. Yeah, it's like I said, it's very set, it's very set up and very forced. And by by the end of this book, though, there were two options going on because we had that set up, and then we get to the club, we find out that anybody who traverses every layer of this nightclub down to the basement floor will have their soul become forfeit because it's legal mumbo-jumbo that's stated at the door of the nightclub. So they're collecting souls. It's a demon thing. I can get behind it. So by the 
weekend, it was very apparent to me that either Constantine was going to trick Blythe into banishing this demon herself, or Constantine's soul was going to become forfeit because she led him down to the bottom. Yeah. And, of course, he like, gets her to finish the incantation, which technically means that she banishes this demon, and she went back to hell as well. It was yeah. very simplistic, and... I'm saying I just wanted the story to be a little bit more clever, not so in our face with well, how like and clever. Simple. You know who isn't clever? Blythe, because that is right. the oldest trick in the book. It's like an early one. I'm like, it's so hot in here, and I waited for you to say how hot. <laughs> it, it that is so. You would think that she would be a little bit smarter than that. Yeah, she's a freaking uh, demon's been around for so long. That's what I'm saying, and her whole thing is not to get sent back. She has spelled that out so much, and then she's fooled by that. He might as well fool her with a knock knock joke. Seriously. It was pretty tough there, but yeah, overall, I I did like it. And like you said, by the end, I loved the art style. I went from not getting worried about it to loving it. I'm sorry, at the end, though, when Blythe is getting pulled down to a portal and she's cursing Constantine and trying to, like, make him feel terrible about himself. Yeah, yeah. He's lighting a cigarette and stomping on her face to get down. I love that. He has no, no care in the world. He's like you on a Friday night with your Imaginex, Eric. Damn no right. care in the world. Since I got done all my books earlier this week, I played with my Imaginex something fierce Friday yeah, night. Yeah, I know. You can't, you know, figure out something else to put up on the site to get us the numbers. You're playing Imaginex. Damn right. All right. What'd you give that? Uh, an 8 out of 10. 8 out of I probably would have been the same. Uh, like I said, I loved every bit of it, but yeah, it was set up to show you the character. It was all a character set up, but it was very good. Um, my next book is an odd one for me to talk about. Uh, I read it again today. I love it, but it's just an odd one to kind of explain. <laughs> and it's All Star Section Eight, Number One. First off, where did this All Star part of it come in? Yeah, because I never heard every all this all this time it was like Section Eight, Section Eight. Next next thing you know, it's All Star Section Eight, which leads to what appears to be the theme for the six issue mini. But I will talk about is that. Is it in a, a second. six issue mini? Yeah, it's a six issue. Okay, because uh, it doesn't say it on the cover. It just says number one. I thought it would man, be one no, of six. I think it's I, an ongoing now. No, it's. I believe it's a, still a six-issue mini. Somewhere where I was looking in the book itself, it did say it. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know. But, yeah, as far as I know, it's a six-issue mini. And because of the all-star thrown in, I'm sure that we're going to be traveling through the DCU and meeting up with all sorts of craziness. But this issue was written by Garth Ennis, art by John McRae and John Calise. And he's the what I say about it. I have no history with either Hitman or Section Eight. Right. Uh, how about you? You big? No. It, okay. I, I have a lot of history with Garth Ennis, but I was, okay, was not yeah. reading Hitman or Section Eight. Yeah. So uh, I said I have no history with it, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one. However, after last month's hilarious sneak peek that got me very pumped to, for this issue, I was looking forward to this issue more than I would have ever imagined. And Eric, the sneak peek was not a fluke. <laughs> this book was great. And while I'm still not totally sure what the hell is going on, this issue has a lot going for it. It's parody, satire, a lot of potty humor, and an art style that I think fits it so well. While Six Pack may not be your typical hero, and what goes on may or not be happening at all, I love seeing it happen before me. And you know what, man? You got your grappler back. I know. Well, that's what I said. I was really upset because I really like grappler. I like guts, even though you don't care. <laughs> what the hell, guts? Even though, in, did you see in the one part of the issue where, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, bueno Excelente right. uh, is looking at guts and he's looking at him like he's like either he wants to eat him or he wants to screw him. I don't <laughs> know what was going on there. Um, but yeah, I love this issue uh, for almost everything about it. Except that I don't even know how to even explain it <laughs> because you get a team that was an older team. Anybody begging for a Section 8 book? Um, 
I can't say there is, but I'm telling you, people love what they love. And I'm sure there was people out there that were like, you know what? It'd be so cool if Section 8 was brought oh, back. Oh, yeah. Well, what I hope is that people who have never even heard of Section 8 just give it a shot. Oh, I hope because, so. Because it's hilarious. It's yeah. so good. Now, are, like you said, you don't know much about um, Section 8. I, read I did a, a homework, little, yeah. I well, I homework. did a little homework, and I read that six-pack. Uh, basically, the whole series before, everything before, is he's a superhero, kind of. Kind of. But everything seems to be not really happening. Oh, it's all in his alcohol-fueled it's head. It's all in his, and that's what makes this great, because... Kind of like act- when you talk about your hockey back when you were like, young, yeah. how great you were. Nobody, yeah, exactly. nobody believed you. Oh, yeah, they all believe me. Anybody <laughs> from this area, they know. I'm a legend. Uh, but, yeah, they accidentally give him alcohol at the beginning. He's a art critic, and he's like, he's like a, um, I don't know, he tells a lot of jokes. Everybody likes him. The minute that that alcohol touches his <laughs> lips there, he goes nuts. And it's, I mean, he's puking, and it came, did it look to you like a Mad Magazine yeah. type deal? I loved it. Uh, and then all of a sudden he kind of wakes up. He drinks more. He drinks some whiskey. Wakes up in a bar. And basically the whole story is this. I'm here, so something must be happening. So I better do something. Damn right. That, that's all it is. And he's like, hey, I gotta get the, I, we got to get the band back together. Unfortunately, most of the band is destroyed. So he goes through his thing and he brings out. And that's where we get uh, our great guys from the sneak peek. We get Grappler. Guts and Power Tool. Yeah. But but joining them is uh, Wayne Alexalante and Dog Wilder, who is great as well. But, I mean, if, if you want a crazy team, this is about the craziest team you're going to get. Um, but, Jim, that's only seven members. I know it is. So that's the problem. you got seven members. Well, actually, no, that's six. Because, remember, they have to get another one before and they get Bator. Oh, you're right. And, Bator. <laughs> Bator. <laughs> and, again, it's just – and then he's Baytoro because he has a cape. Yeah. And, and, and a great. mask. Um, I don't know. The only thing that uh, worries my ass me off is this. Bueno Excelente seems to be looking through the page at me with a, <laughs> a look that seems to make me want to yell for an adult. Yeah. He's, he is Stranger the Stranger danger. He's the worst, and I will talk about him a little later because I, I looked up a little about right. him later. But yeah, oh, they, yeah have, Jesus. They, they have seven members, so they have to get one where Six Pack goes out and, and goes and sees Batman. And I'm telling you, uh, number one, I, I'm glad I give kudos to Garth Ennis, but I also give kudos to anybody involved because the, it gets to a point in this where you would almost think that they wouldn't allow some of the things right. uh, that Batman does. And I'm telling you, of all the parodies, they have the parody of him getting his back broken yeah. by Bane. There's the parody of Death in the Family. Yeah. The best is when he gets a ticket. And it's a black lady who gives him the ticket. And he's like, I've helped you people. It's, you people. I and cannot the, stop laughing. It is so funny. I actually because had to stop every, and like read the issue oh out loud God. to Jessica. Yeah, it is the, that is probably the funniest thing <laughs> I've read in a, in a DC book since we started. Because it's something that you don't want to have happen to yourself. <laughs> and it, and it, it can happen without any intention. Crap like that can happen. And next thing she, you people, what do you mean you people? And he's so, and he's trying to convince everybody, I'm not a racist. <laughs> and they, they give him a, just giving him a ticket. I it's never hilarious. thought I'd see Batman yell out, I'm not a racist. That's what I'm saying. I'm actually, I was shocked um, that they let they let that because that's when the it's the death in the family where yeah. he has six pack and he's like but i'm not a racist and i've been over backwards racist. for you people yeah, you and, went, it's, oh, it was, and it's the bane it breaking great. his back yep. look i loved it and basically at the end batman's like hey screw you guys 
he throws the ticket in the back seat or at the side yeah. of the Batmobile and just takes off. He's not paying that. That's one thing Eric. I really love because this series took place in the like the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. and the Batman in this book and the Batmobile are the Batman and Batmobile from the mid yeah. to late nineties. Yep. and I it really dug out. it. Because yeah, we're back I, I in time still. here. Story over continuity, bitches. Uh, yeah. Well, did you see what happens at the end? What do they call out? What seems to be next week? Oh, or next I, don't, month? I don't recall off the top of my head. It what says it? next in brightest day in oh, darkest yes, night. Yes. So I guess, um, like I said, if this is a six-issue mini, which I'm sure it is. Um, it, in my gonna... mind, it has to be. But I thought yeah. I saw somewhere where it was an ongoing now. But um, I could be wrong. Maybe that the uh, you know it'll be so well liked that it will be, but yeah. I, or maybe I, I thought it's... it was an ongoing and heard it was one of the either. You know what I'm saying? But I think it will yeah. only should work as a six issue minute. Yeah. Well, in in the meantime, I'm guessing that most of this book is going to be um, then them going and trying to recruit another member. Kind of like Batman. I, I was saying I have that in my notes. Okay. That this Sorry. seems to be like the no. I was I. It seems to be like the the crazy over the top uh, Batmite thing, and I love it. I will love it. Batmite, I'm a little worried about. Yeah. Uh, this I am not because they're going to go see the Green Lanterns next week. And I looked in, and uh, Bueno Excelente has a little bit of a history with Kyle Rayner. Jesus if you know, Christ! If you didn't know, it seems that at one point he slipped something in Kyle Rayner's drink <laughs> and date raped America. That that's actually happened, and I'm I'm wondering if. Next week or next month, I keep saying next week, That's next it. month, when it happens, I hope that in this book it's happened already, and I hope that Kyle Rayner shows up and just goes nuts against the hell out of there. It'll make me laugh. But uh, uh, It's funny, though, too, because that it's one of the things that Garth Ennis is known. He's over, like, he, like, there's a lot of sex and violence in his books. Yeah, yeah. And I love the grappler because it actually reminds me of his run on uh, Punisher called Welcome Back, Frank, where he had, like, they based that John Travolta, Tom Jane movie off most of that story. Uh, you remember that Punisher yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying you had that guy with all the like the piercings, Dave, in the movie. But in the comic, he like a uh, Punisher would just keep, "Hey, Dave, Spacker, Dave," and it just reminds me of the grappler. It just reminds you. I like that that he just keeps yelling. It. Yeah, he's gonna, that's what, he's that's gonna, what Spacker Dave does. Yeah, he's gonna make it a um a catchphrase whether you like it or not. <laughs> I want a grappler T-shirt. Yeah, so hell breaking loose over at your house. That's your house, uh, man. No. I didn't think it is. Yeah. It sounds like your house. I don't uh, know where it's coming. Is Street, it my man. house? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Everything's breaking loose here. It's riots. All right. But that's uh, that's it for me for All-Star Section 8. I, I give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I think I, I really would enjoyed give it a 9 it. out of 10 as well. Yeah, I, I really like the art. I liked everything about it. It's just a fun thing. This is going to be a book that I'm going to look forward to just kind of sitting back and laughing. <laughs> Because, yeah, if that issue was anything like it. Yeah, oh, it was so great. Went back. I'm not a racist. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that that section of books is done, and now we're gonna go into our flash reviews. First up, I have Injustice Year Four Number Six. I haven't been too pleased with Year Four of Injustice, but this issue is a tiny step in the right direction. This issue is all about family issues. You have Cyborg, Flash, and Damian Wayne playing the game Who Had the Worst Childhood, while Wonder Woman finds out that her mother has allowed the Amazonian army to join the fight against her and Superman. When Batman shows up at the end, we have one of the craziest Mexican Mexican standoffs since the Cuban Missile Crisis, Eric. Did you know that was considered a Mexican standoff? I do now. I did because I looked it up uh, on Wikipedia. While Brian Bucciolato's storytelling has been uneven recently, the promise of this battle has me excited, and Bruno Redondo's art is always great. I gave this issue a 7.5 out of 10. Next, I have Batman Arkham Knight number 17. 
Eric, are you ready for some Arkham Knight action? Arkham Knight Arkham action. Knight action. Well, after last week's great issue, I was hoping to get more Arkham Knight information. But Peter Tomasi gives us none here. Instead, we get Batman, Bane, and Poison Ivy duking it out below Arkham City, which, quite frankly, was pretty awesome. The big reveal, however, was that the GCPD has a rat in their midst who is reporting every move directly to Harley Quinn. By the way, anyone reading this book should go back and look at the scene with Harley Quinn, and then they will know exactly how Eric lays around and plays with his Imaginex. Damn right. <laughs> She's just laying there, like, twirling her hair like I say you do. The issue ends with Batman climbing out of the frying pan right into the fire. And while it was cool to see Bane get the upper hand here, it was a bit too much. Been there, done that for my taste. Iguara's art is great again this week, but it was Andrew Dollhouse's colors that got Oof. my MVP vote, Eric. They were so good. I gave this issue an 8 out of 10. Now, Harley Quinn number 17. Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti continue their Gang of Harley story, and with the pre-convergence issues and the sneak peek, it actually feels like the story is already dragging a bit. We get some fun moments that set up the story going forward, that the best part of the story is Popeye. Yeah, as Lisa Simpson would have said, of course, they didn't use his real name, Eric, but you could tell it was him. Yeah. If you were already a fan of Harley, there was enough here to like, but it won't win any new fans. I am a fan, though, and I want more of this Harley story, but I want it to pick up the pace sometime very quickly, like next month. 8.5 out of 10. Next, we have Red Hood Arsenal, number one. Things have become lonely for Roy Harper since the Outlaws split up, but that doesn't mean that he's going to sit around and binge the new season of Orange is the New Black like the rest of us. No, he's out and about trying to fight the good fight. It just becomes apparent that he shouldn't do it alone, so it's a good thing that Red Hood's never stopped watching over him, and by the end, our two heroes begin working for The Man. Not a spectacular issue, and I hate the new character designs, but I'm happy to see Red Hood and Arsenal being given a place in the new DCUYOU. 5.8 out of 10. And my next one is Gotham Academy number 7, which is a weird one because I did not review it, Eric. This is oh. one of the first times we're going to talk about a book on the podcast that neither of us reviewed. Uh, Joel reviewed this, but I read it, and this is what I think. This month's issue starts with the bookworm. You love the bookworm. Yes. Being upset, uh, obsessed with the story The Raven. But it mainly, uh, it, the story's mainly about Maps being obsessed with Damian Wayne. Heesh. That sounds good on paper, but the dialogue is clunky, and the character work this book has is nowhere to be seen. It's terrible. Uh, the story involves a ridiculous notion that Maps and Damien have been magically forced to hold hands, but the worst thing of all, Eric, and this is going to shock you. You didn't read this, did you? No. Damien gets expelled at the end. He's gone. It's only oh. this one issue. Fuck it. <laughs> so much for that, Eric. I didn't like the computer-generated art, which I've complained about since... The it's been have that in the, even the flashbacks, but the story was so silly and ridiculous that it's easy for me to say that this was my least favorite issue of Gotham Academy so far. Joel gave it a seven out of ten. I might have gone as low as a five out of ten. And my final book and our final book of the Flash reviews is Detective Comics number forty-one. While some things in this issue don't match up well with Batman forty, or did I say Detective Comics or Batman? Detective. Okay, I'm sorry, Detective Comics 41. Well, some things in this issue don't match up well with Batman number 41. This was my favorite Bat book of the week. Brian Bucciolano and Francis Manipal have been slowly making this book more than just Batman, and this issue is more of a Harvey Bullock issue than anything else. We see Harvey struggle with the idea of this new Batman, and it takes his old friend Renee Montoya to convince him to join the Batman Task Force. We also see that the events in the sneak peek last month are going to be more personal for our tubby detective. Remember, Yip dies, mm. baby. Yeah. But the ending shows that Yip deserves everything she has coming to her, Eric. While Oops. I usually like Fernando Blanco's art, that is the one thing that disappointed me this week. 
the action scenes were good, but Blanco's facial expressions seemed off and didn't give the emotional parts the weight that they deserved. Just seeing Renee Montoya, though, kick ass is worth the price of admission, and her and Bullock just feel right as partners already. I gave it an 8.7 out of 10. Nice. Did you Did you read that one? Yeah. Yeah? Did you like it? Yes, I did. I just didn't like the time discrepancies that they put in here from what we saw in Batman. Well, that's what I said. It, it seems off. It, it seems really odd. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the Flash Reviews. All right, that was Flash Reviews, and now we're getting back to regular style with Starfire Number 1, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, with art by Emanuela Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, and Hi-Fi, Jimmy. Hi-Fi. We haven't heard Hi-Fi tonight yet. I know. It's been we a love Hi-Fi. Sure do. Starfire has come to Key West and intends on planting some roots here. First thing to do is befriend the local sheriff and <laughs> having her go above and beyond and making sure that Corey has money and a place to stay. And along the way, have a bunch of misunderstandings because Starfire is an alien and, of course, doesn't understand human culture. Add a bit of sex and bam, you have Starfire number one. Yeah. Um, This is very Harley to me. Yeah, it is. But I'm telling you, we were just talking a little bit uh, off the deal and... It's almost as if it's it's a toned down Harley though. And yeah. It it I don't know. There there's a couple things. First off, if I move into a town, I hope that there's a sheriff there who helps me. I as know, much right? As this one does. She goes so out of her way. Uh, I don't know. If we, also, if we moved into a new town and did this, you know what would happen? The be, beginning of Rambo. Yeah, really. They'd be shaving me with a straight razor. No, and, they would take us <laughs> to the town limits. Yeah. Move along, sir. Yeah, it would be it would be pretty bad. I don't know, but that they don't do that to women, Eric, and a woman that looks like this, especially. Um, I don't know. I, I this this issue is so down the middle for me agreed uh, it's a very humdrum issue it's, it's not bad no it didn't offend me i wasn't mad that i read it no but after reading i'm like okay um what did we get here there's like not much there's stuff going on but yet there isn't I, yeah you get a, some some backstory you you would guess that uh cory is going to end up with the sheriff's brother uh, would you suspect that? At this point, I think it's his landlady's grandson. Yeah, well, no, I think that was just like to show her that, like, show that she's like a floozy at points. With and this that's whole my... thing of of the the brother looking at the phone picture <laughs> of his of his who I guess that his ex wife, wife or, girlfriend? or girlfriend may have uh, died in a hurricane two years ago. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, they're in Key West, Eric. The they Key don't West. tell us if it's a wife or girlfriend, though. I he know. lost somebody close two years ago, and now he just looks longingly at the sea but when I'm a storm you, comes I, I'm, I'm pointing out to this this thing with the um, the one girl likes him. It's mm -hmm. obvious that she likes him. He's like, hey, you know, Jesus what do I have Christ to do? Jesus Christ, obvious. They, start, yeah. they shove oh it down her throat. God. And then she's like, what do I have to do? Throw myself at him? And he, he suffered a loss, but it's going to take a special person to come into his world. So I'm I, telling you, I wanted a thought balloon for the other guy. You know, I'm right here. You don't I, got, that's what, I, I, I thought I'm not the whole big, time. I'm not your sister here. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like Milhouse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that guy's Milhouse. Yeah, Milhouse, you're just like a big sister. Why does everybody <laughs> keep saying that? Uh, yeah, that guy, He's he's got troubles. That, that that actually made me laugh so much because you're right. He's like, yeah, I'm right here. You can throw yourself at me. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? What's, what's wrong with Millhouse yeah, over here? Yeah, really, though, um, what else is there to talk about? Except The thing I want to talk about is I do not like the way that Corey is represented in this book because, yes, we have the whole trope where 
she that like fish out of water. She doesn't understand human culture. Yeah. But this almost, even though it is talked a little bit, how you know Outlaws is still continuity with this book. Yeah, and uh, I was that's my one thing. Where they, does this book? Because she, the only thing she says is, yeah, and there was some other stuff. Yeah. That's the outlaw stuff. It has to be. But yeah, do you get any idea that she just didn't land on planet Earth right now? That's exactly what it seems like because she has. It's like she has never been around humans yeah. before in her life. Yeah, and uh, like uh, while she's with, uh, while she was with uh, Arsenal and Red Hood, uh, Roy and Jason, you yeah. would think that some things would come up, like Agreed. like getting an apartment. Or living somewhere, she would well, know this. I don't know stuff. about that because they just lived on a tropical I know, island. But still, but you would have you expressions would... and how humans are. She was with the outlaws for a she, while. Uh, do you think that they ever? I, I guess that Jason and Roy never let her use money because she uh, doesn't even seem to understand the concept. Agreed. I just figure. She, I'm saying. I, I'm telling you. I don't expect her to have to use a lot of it, yeah, but, but I would still, think, no, would I would expect know her to it. know the concept. Yeah, exactly. That, it's you know. I haven't flown a plane, but if a plane's outside, I know what the hell it is. Yeah. It just seems odd. I, I love the art. Um, so do I. Manuel Lupacino is always good. Yeah, and again, I'm not I'm not offended by the story. It just, in this, I guess this is story over continuity. I guess we're going to keep saying it because... Uh, no, I don't think it is. Well, I'm saying I, uh, just about her, you know... Just that, her portrayal yeah, of the naive. Yeah, of saying that she doesn't even know, like she... I'm saying... I guess Roy is a recovering alcoholic, so maybe he doesn't yeah. have beer around. But, man, she doesn't even understand that. And, and I'm telling you, the sheriff is the worst sheriff and fr- and or friend ever because during this time where she's trying to get Starfire's shit together, they decide to, ha- like, stop off at a bar and have a couple yeah, of drinks. Yeah. And she gets on the phone with her brother, who's part of the Coast Guard, telling her that the storm is yeah, coming in. Yeah, the storm's in. coming. So since she's occupied with the phone, she has this beautiful alien princess who's half naked at this bar. Yeah. Two guys try picking her up. And when she's like, okay, I'm going to go back to my friend now, they start fighting over who's going to get yeah, the girl. Bam. And <laughs> so right away, she let this girl, go, like Starfire, go off on her own and in a, like a room full of assholes yeah. who you know are going to try to pick her up because she's fucking stunning and they've oh, been yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah. So she's a bad friend right there. And then she's a worse sheriff because, uh, like, the fights break out. The sheriff's like, I have to take care of this. No, I got it. Shoots an energy blast, yeah, blows up the boom. floor. And that's then when you sheriff... strap the cuffs on Corey exactly. and take her away. No, that's when you pull Rambo 1 and you freaking drive her to the city limits. <laughs> uh, All right, on your way. Uh, yeah, she didn't seem like much of a sheriff. Uh, no, and then she makes the two guys like clean up and pay for the damages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't arrest people in Key West. Key West is a crazy place, Eric. I'm moving to Key West. Yeah. Fuck uh, it. The only thing that I thought about this when you're pointing out the scene I'm looking at, if this would have happened in Harley, what they would have done and what they should have done in this, in, in my opinion, you would have Corey go over like uh, the sheriff's talking to her brother. Corey starts walking over, starts talking, now goes back and sits with the sheriff. And in the yeah. background, you would see these guys fighting. And it would yeah. never go from anything like that. It would be a cartoony scene where as they're talking and like, oh, man, something. And then at the end, the, the punchline, per se, would be the sheriff like going, oh, man, what's wrong with those guys? And you you have now, because Corey said hi, lifelong friends have now hate each other. And they're exactly. Fighting. And you didn't have to get into this whole thing about her blowing up stuff because, yeah, you, and then she's walking around also i i don't know about you but a girl shows up now again we're in a world that there are superheroes and whatnot yeah but a girl shows up and, and half of her hair is a uh, flame <laughs> i'm wondering what the hell's going on uh <laughs> but yeah at the end you get this big storm coming in do you get the idea that the storm is not quite the storm that we think it is and it's some sort of uh it's got to be something big because we ended on a cliffhanger with just her looking well, over and saying that's all i have you know? a feeling that the storm has something to do with her past it's going to be some care something is going Possibly. on it's not just there's a hurricane and she's there yeah. of it uh 
Yeah, there's there's just some weird things in this that kind of just seemed odd. But again, it's set up. It's the first issue we said. It's it's all going to be set up. But this is a one that's kind of weird because we've had so much Corey in the New 52 before this that you kind of have a grip of who she is. But well, that's yeah. the thing, too, because I never thought this was going to happen to me. I've read, like, all of Outlaws. I love the Outlaws. And I picked up this issue, and I sat down and read it, and now Corey's voice is that of the Teen Titans Ghost Starfire. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, never thought that was going to happen. That's who I heard in my head uh, as the dialogue. The problem being is they they picked Jimmy uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, who are not kid-friendly writers. This, right. And this issue was not for kids. No, not at yeah, all. There's nudity. There, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but with the um, with the art style and all that, you would assume that maybe they they wanted that but they i don't know I, I think it's kind of funny though because you have all these people online who are like all in an uproar how over sexualized starfire was in outlaws yeah and yeah. i want them in, the, in their mind to think this is going to be the title for them where she's put back to a regular character yeah. which she never was and it's but yeah and it's over sexualized like she starts making out with a guy and because i i can learn languages by kissing guys yeah. you already know english i want to know more i want to know more english and then the, the other thing is she did that and then the the grandmother blames the guy yeah. <laughs> oh, he and that I think the phrase was like, "Oh, he's always going around horned up." Yeah. Like, oh my goodness gracious. Oh yeah. But yeah. no, uh, humdrum, middle of the road issue for me. Um, you know, I'm still going to read it because we review it. But if I'm saying if we didn't have the site, I would not pick up this issue. Yeah, I think I would be done with it too if, if we didn't have the site. But for what it was, it wasn't bad. It was seven out of ten for me. Yeah, I would have given it the same. Uh, like I said, I really like the art, but uh, the story just seemed off a little, and it just not much going on. Yeah. Huh. And the last book, Eric. The last book is Catwoman number 41, written by Genevieve Valentine, art by David Messina and Lee Lalridge. Um, while most of the returning books are using the two-month convergence layoff as a way to start new arcs and to make their books a little more uh, new user-friendly, Genevieve Valentine throws the reader right back into the fray of the Gotham City underworld. While the promise of seeing Selina back in the catsuit had me excited, this book's major selling point was a reaction to the news that Batman is dead. Of all the books I've read so far, this was the most powerful and believable reaction to the news, uh, and it made this setup issue a must-read, in my opinion. Of course, we get more of the gritty mob story, and Valentine does some does set up some interesting things, but it was seeing Selina as a real person that I loved. And that's, that's what I thought about this. This is a weird issue. I know that uh, you are not a big Catwoman fan. No. Nope. And I know that it's com- probably confusing to everybody who reads it who hasn't been reading the whole Genevieve Valentine thing, but I don't know. What did you think of it? Well, for right now, I just realized that I fucked you really bad because I don't know if, like, uh, I thought something else was going on. I thought this was going to be one of your flash reviews, and I didn't read this book. <laughs> no, it was not a flash review. Yeah, uh, I so... realize that now. Even though we've gotten done the flash reviews, I'm like, huh, Catwoman. Yeah. I did not Cat read that. Catwoman. Well, the, the thing about uh, that I will tell you that I'm, I think you would have been so irritated. I know well, we that, talked earlier in the week about it. Yeah. And, like we discussed whether we were going to put it in the flash reviews or not. I thought we came to the decision that we were, and even going, though you sent me the outline, yeah. it never crossed my mind. I was but, going um, to, and I, and again, all in all, it was only to talk about her reaction to Batman dying is why I put it in because it was between this and Detective Comics, and again, yeah. Detective Comics shouldn't have been a flash review. That was a pretty important book, yeah. but I just threw it in there. Uh, yeah, this continues right from where we left off. It's it's her as the crime boss. Um, she's doing, she's, there's the back things with, uh, Penguin. Everything is, it's what it was. And I don't know. I really like the story. I know you don't like it at all. 
No, and I, I am, know. I'm telling you, I am so confused on what's going on because, like, for some reason, I don't know if I'm just not interested. I cannot get any of these side characters' names down gotcha. from one issue to the next. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm not even going to talk that much about it anyway. Um, what happens is during the issue, she's being the hard uh, boss, and then um, her guy shows her. She finds out the news uh, that Batman's dead, and uh, yeah. I, I put in my notes. It's so funny. I wish you would have uh, seen this part. Basically, they hold up a tablet. And on the tablet is Gotham Online, Batman dies, and then the se- it's the worst head. It's worse than your headlines on the site, Eric. Ooh. Like Batman dies, and, and she sees it. She she maintains her composure, and then she's like, "Oh, excuse me." And then she goes. She can't even get up the stairs. She's walking up the stairs, almost collapses on the stairs. She's so upset. Goes up, and Echo has shown up, and basically she just collapses and and, and cries. Uh, because it's hit her so hard that, yes, Batman's dead. And again, Catwoman's a weird thing because she's had a pass with him, but she's also fought him. And I think that this shows the the reaction. I may be reading a lot into it of what happened, but it not only shows that she's upset, but to me it really showed that here is someone who knew this was going to happen. It's yeah. like one of those things where if you see a movie and there's a character who, like, say there's a father and the, their son is, is a bad guy doing stuff, whatever. It's that moment when they come Matt the, Murdock the, and, Daredevil. and the police show up and the, I'm sorry. And they already know they, and they just collapse. And it's not it's not a shock. <laughs> it's that it's oh, my God, it, it's finally happened. I knew this would happen. And it really hit me like that, that Selena knew this day would come. And she, while she would hope it never would, and again, the, can you imagine the Selena's feelings to to Batman? Right, uh, because she's... that's the thing that we talked about this earlier, and probably on Friday we talked about this book. Well, you talked to me about it, mm-hmm. and at that point we like you know we were talking about whether it was going to be a flash review or not, yeah, and how I probably wouldn't like it because I haven't liked what we've gotten so far. Yeah, and you told me though about this Batman part where she finds out he's dead yeah and that in my mind should have been the whole issue yeah and how yeah. she's dealing almost like when um the robin requiem stuff yeah when yeah. damien died well, somehow this... that was put in with that and um we should deal with her whole like she should like actually put her mob family on hold yeah well, well she kind of does well i'll get to that but uh, okay. what what gets me is that when i read this issue i also thought like huh damien died they had these requiem requiem issues what better opportunity to have something like that for when ba- – because Batman dying uh, – Damien died, and it was in the family. Yeah. T- when Batman dies, everybody's affected. I'm really shocked that they didn't have these issues where it was just a requiem issue of how all these people found – and you would have – you could even have villains once. Flash this, requiem. Yeah. yeah, yeah all these guys. And the, the, you could have even had one that starred uh, Penguin, and maybe yeah. he's happy. You know what I mean? It doesn't all – but – this one made me think again. Uh, what I was going to say, this book in this Catwoman during this run of Genevieve Valentine's Batman has shown up and basically told Selina, "You're dead to me. What yeah. you're doing is wrong. We're done. I don't ever want to talk to you again. If you cross the line, I will be the first one to come and I'll, I will take you down." And she basically like, "Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Get the hell out of here." And then when this hits, you you realize that. That's what makes it even more powerful. What has led up to this, and in this, even in this run of this, like he's dead to me. I don't care about the Batman. I don't care about Batman anymore. What a dick! And then this happens, and you see that not only, do, like, Clark may not believe that Alfred was telling the truth in Batman Superman, but his reaction was off to me. It's like, yeah, you know what? I can't, I can't tell if he's lying, but he's an actor. Yeah. Uh, this is she's. 
she doesn't want to believe it. But when it happened, it just the emotions took over. And basically the book ends um, with her setting up the crime stuff to be taken care of Antonia, her, her uh, cousin, yeah. and Aiko uh, uh, to be kind of the Catwoman. She's going to go find Batman. She wants to find it. And it's almost uh, like I'm going to find the body. If I don't find anything else, I'm going to find it because I can't believe this until I see it. I don't want to believe it. I kind of do. You know what I mean? She Hopefully does. Hopefully it kind of wraps around the detective comics because harvey really wants to discover well, where batman is. he doesn't believe that batman's dead either uh, the, so it could be cool if there was a tie-in with catwoman the detective where they end up working together to try to find batman yeah and um i like that i like that all these people and again there's another way to have cross i don't know i don't i always yell about crossovers but this yeah. seems you know like you would you would have some and maybe we will maybe we'll have like uh the search for batman or something well, i think the, the idea was put on hold because we of the truth we're dealing with yeah, with Superman, yeah. and Superman would be a big part of that in my mind. Yeah, well, um, the other thing I really liked about this issue that I, I think you would have enjoyed as well, like you said, you, you get confused with like all the inner workings and this guy and that guy and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you get to see a little of uh, Black Mask's reaction. Right. And the Black, Black Mask's reaction is he sees the blimp. And he's hit the exact quote. I'm looking at it now. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He's looking <laughs> at the blimp. And it's again, it's because that represents Batman dying. But it also is great because what he thinks he can he has so many people on the inside of the GCPD that now he actually thinks that he's going to be able to get Batman on his side like this. This GCPD Batman might be able to, to do some shit for him. Like <laughs> if he wants somebody a block destroyed to him, it seems like he thinks it might happen. He's even like if this would have happened a year ago, we wouldn't even had any of these problems. I would have had this. <laughs> and I really like how pompous he is. And uh, the best is in, in, well, in the in the meantime, he's saying this to uh, Penguin, who's dealing with selena he's working with selena he's there on a meeting he's like you know what nobody will ever cross us now and then uh you have penguin smiling he's like oh i'm sure you're right and <laughs> it makes me laugh because uh either he's laughing at black mask or now he's gonna freaking double cross selena but again the book had promised that it was going to be selena in more in the cat suit Catwoman, and, yeah. and it's going to be because it looks like she's now going to go try to find batman and oh the other thing is um Oh, what's his name? I I'm, I draw a blank too. That's the best. As you say that about the people, I read the darn book and I. Yeah, I'm uh, not invested with these guys. Yeah, I'm looking, <laughs> but uh, it, the the You're Nick. I think it's yeah, it is Nick. You're right. Uh, Nick basically finds out that she's Catwoman, yeah. and again, that's like, oh my God, now there's trouble, and what am I gonna do? But she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna be Catwoman. I'm gonna go find Batman. It ends like that, and it's really good. It ends with her. Uh, Dressed up as Catwoman on almost like a Batman stance. She's on a gar right. gargoyle overlooking the city. Or actually, it's not a gargoyle, but it's it's like that. Uh, and then you get a quote from uh, Lucrecia Borgia. She loves those quotes. The uh, uh, What's her name? It's Duke of Wellington? Uh, Valentine. No, no, it's, oh. it's Lucrecia Borgia. And it says next, spoiler. Spoiler, Eric. Spoiler. Spoiler. That, okay, that's I how it back says the next. I, I hope cool. that that's what it actually means because I would like Should to see be. spoiler now. But yeah, that's. So the, the biggest bitch of this series to me is that I really dig Black Mask. And when the New 52 started and they introduced the, reintroduced the character to yeah. it, he had those fucking psychic powers that went along with it. And I hated yeah, that. Now, now this has gotten him back to oh, basics. Oh, yeah, this is your. And I don't like this story. Yeah, I know this you don't the like Black the Mask story. That I dig. The thing is, I think that this was something that needed to be done a little after uh, Innocenti's last yeah. run was so ridiculous that this 
gives the character a little more legitimacy again, and now she's going to get. And I want to see. I I like the the crime story. I thought it was very clever and smart, and it showed a different side. And Selena had to do some bad things. Um, I want to see what Genevieve Valentine does now that she's back in the Batsuit. I want to see that that story from her as well, and see that it can maintain, uh, you know, the quality that I really like. But I and uh, David Messina jumps on the book and. Uh, the art is kind of mimicked from before. From uh, right. I, guess, I think it was Gary Brown. I, I forget. I always think Dan Brown, but I, he's the writer. Yeah, of the yeah. Pretty no, good I, I, I'm off right now. It, it actually, it threw me off that you didn't read the book. I like. I know. I, 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 <laughs> I totally realized I uh, fucked you. That no, I but uh, the art style uh, kind of mimics it, but it's actually it's easier to follow. Um, I like Gary Brown's art style by the end of his run on this book. And I'm assuming, I think I read that Dave Messina has taken over full time. Uh, right. I may be wrong, but, uh, this is a, it, it's an easier to follow story or, or art because the one thing about the art before going into this is not only did you have problems with the names, it was because the character designs all looked alike. They were all Agreed. like this, like smudgy type like non uh descript Everything people. Was muddy looking yeah, that's what I'm saying. And now it, it actually is a little easier to Not a lot of features on anybody? Nope. But I gave this an eight out of ten. Like I said, it's very uh, it's a lot of setup, but if anybody did likes Catwoman, hasn't been reading, um, they're gonna be confused. But man, I really like the scene where she finds out about Batman. I think it was real powerful. Powerful yeah, we, stuff. I'm there. Saying, even though I didn't read the book we talked about it, and that part really got yeah. me when you were telling me about that but i'm like that is perfect yeah. yeah uh that's it for the podcast sir oh shit uh the only other thing i have to say is that i wrote down what's next week we have black canary number one i know you're looking forward to that one eric hi uh, yeah um, that might be a cat one where i don't even read it but no, I'll, I'll <laughs> uh check it we out we have doom number one that you are Which scott liddell i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah well you you made the claim that you said that this really feels like the uh dc's version of spider-man feels like a little no actually i thought it felt more like the uh the 90s green goblin where phil yurik hmm. took over as green goblin to me, good let guy. me tell you to me you say green goblin you say it's all spider-man in the air okay <laughs> uh i read the preview i actually got the preview sent to us today and i was reading it and it looks really good i'm hoping i'm hoping with cross fingers that it ends up uh uh, the next one's Doctor Fate number one, which I'm not looking forward to at all. Neither am I. I really was until I saw the sneak peek, and now I don't want anything to do with uh, it. We have the weird Harley Quinn and Power Girl number one of the six issue mini, and why I say it's weird is because we haven't seen anything of this. Not at all. Not at all. There was no sneak peek. There was nothing. I, I'm confused, but I know that I love that story that this is based off of from the regular Harley Quinn run, and I will be reviewing that. I'll be very excited. Uh, the next one is Brian Hitch's justice league of america which i'm very excited for so am i and i'm excited you know why i'm excited because i think it's just going to be fun eric it's going to be a fun yeah, that's old justice be. league title uh next one martian manhunter number one which um i was that's rob williams i believe uh yes. i was a li i i don't like martian manhunter i'll admit it i don't like him as a character i read that sneak peek and i'm in it looks good so am I. Yeah. I was on the fence, and after reading the yeah. sneak peek, I'm in as well. Next one is uh, Prez number one. I gave that <laughs> to Joel <laughs> because it confused me, and I'm too old for that. Uh, I'm too old for that book. The next one's <laughs> I ain't got time for that. Robin, son of Batman number one. I'm looking forward to that. That looks crazy. I'm Patrick I'm still Leeson. on the fence. You're big... I'm still on the fence, but I'm sorry, I love the way he draws Damien and all the stuff of Batman and Robin, but yeah. 
the story so far, I'm just on the fence with. I'm going to see what we get. I'm not going to say yay or nay yet. Is there any way in the review you can call him Patty G? Patty? Patty G. Would you, G. Would you right. like that? I'll do it. Uh, here's a crazy one, Eric. Secret Six number three. I got to go back and reread those <laughs> well, issues because I have no idea what's going what, on. I love it that it's number three. This book has been out for seven years. I, I think that this book was involved in the 80s. I, I don't know. This book came out, what, probably November or October? December. Somewhere around there, and we're on issue number three. There's been so many delays. I don't know what's going on with it. I did not like the first two issues. I uh, did. That sneak peek was nothing but a rehash of what seemed to – didn't give me anything else. I didn't have any thoughts whatsoever. I didn't care. Uh, I like the characters, except for the ventriloquist, Gail Simone's ventriloquist, the new one that's coming about. And um, the biggest problem I had with issues one and two is the art, and they have a new artist for this, so I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's your man, uh, Dale Eaglesham. Damn right. Yep. Uh, the next one would be Sinestro number 12. Again, uh, of all these books we're like talking these, uh, Sinestro number 12 seems to kind of be like, huh? Back to basics. Yeah, like, we're, doing, yeah, we're doing what we did before yeah, conversion. Here we go. We're good. Uh, there's all this hype about all these different storylines and stuff, and there's Sinestro number 12, which you really like. So Yeah, uh, I dig yeah, it. You'll I, I'm it. saying I wasn't blown away by the sneak peek, but it's Sinestro. It's fucking Lantern. I love Lanterns. Yeah. You know, I'll go back into it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a good thing we're ending soon because you keep breaking up, buddy. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, we have Superman. The next one, Superman, Wonder Woman, number 13. That's going to continue the true story. The truth. I don't know what to say about that. Um Again, the, the book, it needs something. Uh, I really like the sneak peek, so. Yeah, I know you did. And the last one will be your first Wonder Woman review, Wonder Woman number 41. It's all you. Looking forward to you it. You can get uh, David Finch and Meredith Finch. And uh, my prediction is you'll say, that man, that art's great. The story's okay. That's how it's been ever, ever yeah, since they been. took over. Hopefully, though, they, uh, they kick some ass because I like it when you get good books to read, Eric. I care about you. Oh, yeah? No. I, oh. I want it to be as bad. Again, I say bad. That most of it, I would say my average for Wonder Woman since they took over has been like a 6, 6, 5 out of 10. Hasn't been great. The art's been really good. But, yeah, that's it for the podcast. Era. I think now that the Donna Troy story arc like, uh, is done, we're going to deal with I think it's going to get good, and it's going to yeah, piss you uh, off. Yeah, well, the, the, that always – it's funny because I always take over books. Like you said, you saw the new Suicide Squad I took over, and you're like, man, I wish I was on that now. One of the other ones that will be coming out the next couple of weeks is Teen Titans. That I'm yeah. taking over, and I'm sure that'll get good because you're all pissed off about it. But well, it's like when Supergirl. Supergirl yeah. was really middle of the road for me, and then that got really good. Yeah, I really like Supergirl, and then it got canceled. Eric. Yeah. Ah, speaking of canceled, I think this podcast is going to be canceled. Canceled, Eric. Oh it's no! Done. I just got the ratings in. Oh man, <laughs> there's three people in Canada watching. Oh, by the way, we had always complained that the Dakotas were not enjoying our podcast. North Dakota's jumped on the trolley, Eric. Did you get my note? Get the on other the trolley, day? South yeah, Dakota. Yeah, we finally yes, got I North got Dakota. It. We have never had a listener from Montana or South Dakota. So if you have a cousin, aunt, uncle, friend in either Wyoming. Or Montana, Wyoming's listen. Montana or, or North Dakota or South Dakota. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Just call them. And I'll finish off by uh, uh, doing the skills that pay the bills, even though we don't get paid for this, Eric. But if you want to come to our site, which we would love you to do, it is Weird Science, dccomicsblog.blogspot.com. You could also just look up Weird Science DC Comics. You'll probably find us. If you don't, you'll get a lot of old issues of the Weird Science comic. We're also on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Uh, our email to send any sort of questions, comments, threats, uh, love letters to America's sweetheart Eric over there. You, That's right. It would be weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And what's our Facebook, Eric? 
And come follow us on www.facebook.com forward slash weird science DC comics. Yeah, and you know, keep listening. Try to rate us, whatever. Nobody seems to do that, Eric. We beg, no, we beg all, just like us. we beg all the time. And I've never rated any podcast ever. I've never written into a podcast, so I can't say that I'm mad or anything about <laughs> people because I wouldn't do that. But if you're so inclined, you can do that. Um, uh, we haven't gotten as many hate mails, so I, I'm starting to worry. I want some more hate mail. Send hey, are we getting good, brother? No. It's the oh. people who hated us have bailed. <laughs> they gave up. Uh, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm giving up, Eric, because I am sweating like an Eric Shea on an August afternoon. And that or is, at a Comic-Con. Yeah, I'm sweating more than Eric Shea shaking the hand of Ethan Van Skyver. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it's done, Eric. We're done. All right. Well, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!